On this episode of Geek Out Loud, you absolutely have demanded it for the past month or so, and so now we finally bring it to you. It's Derek, it's Steve, it's our reaction to the Man of Steel, as well as all the news that come out of Comic-Con this year, Marvel, DC, and otherwise. It's your safe place to geek out. It's the Geek Out Loud Podcast. Welcome to Geek Out Loud, your safe place to geek out, and apparently tweet demands for a podcast, too. Uh, I'm Steve. I would like my dog back, whoever kidnapped them and threatened me with recording a podcast. It's, <laughs> we, we That's have, who I am. We angry. Have, it, well, and what's so bad is they, they got the wrong dog. It's not even yours. It's, it's the neighbor's. Dog, and I feel really bad, because they're like, what's a podcast? What's a podcast? <laughs> uh, what's a podcast with you? I don't think that works. <laughs> All right. I don't think I was smoking too. Sorry. Oh man, I gotta get under control. <clears throat> so the giggles. Yeah, I do. I do. It's uh, got the itis. It's good to be back doing some geek out loud. Is what is that it what is. This is? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, as I said, my name's Steve, and with me uh, to to jump down this rabbit hole of uh, response to your tweets is my good friend, podcasting partner for life. The great Derek Russell. Hello, Derek. Hi. You know, sometimes in life you say things and you realize immediately as they come out of your mouth, this is gonna this is gonna go bad for you because you said something the wrong way. And uh, and that's what has happened here. That's what has happened here. So we're gonna just move on and um, I guess we will uh, <clears throat> kind of sort of jump into some emails. <laughs> you gotta stop that mess. Telling, I was telling Steve before we started that in our DLP theaters here, I guess it's Malco. I don't remember it being Cinemark, but the 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 you know when they do the DLP technology logo and all that, they they like throw marbles at the screen and they bounce and they bounce off screen and they go but like behind the screen so the speaker you hear the surround sound and then they kind of dissipate and it's just a little creepy girl and all the speakers goes all around you. <laughs> And and then Derek does the conjuring. And she's clap. in Steve's <clears throat> office right now. Mm-mm, shut up. Oh man. Um. So. <laughs> Sorry, one spoken to. No, don't do. Please stop. Please, it's not funny anymore. Um. Never was. The, it was for a bit. Committal. It, mm, committed. Committed. No. Commit. Yeah. You. Commitment. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> All right. Uh, we had a ton, a ton of emails um, concerning... 2,000 pounds worth. Yeah, probably. That's a ton. That's mm-hmm. a metric ton. And in the digital world, think of how many that is. So, um, and just real quick, <clears throat> because everyone kind of says, 
a lot of people say the same things. I'm going to hit some high points. Gabe says this was unbelievable. I saw it at midnight, still reeling from it. This was sent to us on the 14th of June. Um, so much action and so much you heart. You haven't even said what you're talking about. Talking about the Man of Steel. Talking okay, about the Man of Steel. Go. Yeah, yeah, Speak yeah. All, I'm sorry. All the all the emails had. Thank you, Derek, for keeping me on track. Um, <clears throat> Hiram says uh, he wanted to. He 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 let into. Uh, he sent in to to give his reviews. Hiram Reed. Um, says he's been telling people it isn't 1978 Christopher Reeve Superman, uh, where no one dies and all is well. It's an all-out brawl, destroy everything in sight while fighting the enemy. I think it'll do to Superman what Batman Begins did to the Batman character. Um, love the look and time we spent on Krypton. Cavill was fantastic. Uh, A-plus for Kevin Costner. Um, and, uh, let's see. Fishburne did a great job. Man of Steel, 4.5, 4.5 out of 5 stars. That's Hiram Reed. Kristen chimes in and uh, says it's, it was her first time writing in. Oh, my Lanta. How could you not? She said her experience of the showing of Man of Steel uh, prompted her to write because it was like something she'd never experienced before. She was she went to a midnight show and wasn't expecting many people in my theater, to be honest, but when the premiere of The Dark Knight in my town was there, a whopping there was a whopping six people in the theater. Wow. Um <clears throat> You and five of your friends get a private yeah, that's screen. Right, that's right. Which would have been awesome for a midnight show of The Dark Knight. Uh, she said she knew that wasn't going to be the case. Hey, with, Steve? Yes. I think you got hacked. What do you mean? I just got an email from geekoutonline at gmail.com oh, with no. like 400 people on it. And oh, spam you got to be it. kidding me. It has happened. How do I, how do I fix that? Crap. Change your password. Okay. I'll went to, to you too. I have to do that. Like it went to everybody. Yeah, I'm just get, I'm getting a lot of deliveries failures here all of a sudden. All oh, of man. Them. What did you do? I don't know. Who sent me something? Who did this? Who did this to me? Who brought this into my house? I have to fix that. But Kristen goes on to say, um, she went by herself. And uh, at the end of the movie, after a few don't you turn that lamp on moments, uh, when the final scene cut to black, she said almost everyone in the theater stood up, burst into cheers and applause, even the Superman hater that she was with because she talked about having a Superman hater nearby. Uh joined in we we're all in agreement this was the super this was the movie superman needed um so many emails like this one uh from Kristen. everyone seems to just had have enjoyed it and and had loved it there are two uh emails right now that i want to focus in on one being from our friend jeff lane and uh and jeff talks about the man of steel he gives some negatives and some positives but one of the things he does, Derek, and this and this is something I want to get your uh, opinion on, because he says next topic after he gets through the Man of Steel, he says next topic the Beatles. We we talked about last time I was there, um, that uh, or last time we talked when I was in Tupelo after we went and saw Paul McCartney, Sir Paul McCartney. Um, <clears throat> we we talked about the fact that uh, I don't really like the Beatles that much. I'm not a huge Beatles fan. And so Jeff sent this in. He said, glad you had such a good time at the Paul McCartney concert. Now that the appetite has been whetted, I have a Beatle challenge for Steve. 
He says, one. Challenge. Challenge. He says, step one, watch the Beatles anthology documentary on YouTube. Go now. I'll wait. Okay. Step two, look up the Beatles discography on Wikipedia. Wiki. Mm Mm-hmm. Step three, listen to all original Beatles albums in order. Also on YouTube, mono or stereo, whichever you can find. Love album and anthology albums for extra credit. And then step four, he says, try to tell me you don't then love or at least deeply respect the Beatles. He says, are you up to the challenge, Steve? And I ask you this. Um, can I speak? Is it me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you asking me or are you asking me? Yeah, what do you think of that? Should I mean, is that something I should try to tackle? I mean, you're 30 years old. and 36. You know, I, um, you, you've heard pretty much every Beatles song, I think, by now, Steve. You think so? I mean, I'm not really familiar with you've the You've at least heard the, pop, the, the top hits, the number <clears throat> one hits. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I, yeah, you know, I'm, yes. I'm not going to lead you to water. Oh, okay. So I'm just not. All right. So, You're a big boy. Uh, mm-hmm. So what do what do I do? I mean, is I, I understand decline, you're not going to decline the challenge if you don't want to do the challenge. Okay, I'm I'm just saying, is it worth you, my time? You, you don't have to do. We're not going to make you do anything you don't want to do, Steve. Okay, it's not double dare. Uh, sure. Okay. Like so, it's not a physical challenge. <laughs> it is not a physical challenge. I'm in the process of uh, changing. My he, he, password. password? Mm-hmm. Good for you. That's why you don't know what to say to me right now. Blank wall. Blank wall. Blank wall. Sorry. Password change. Do you think that'll fix it? Yeah, it should. It'll be fine. Okay. okay. Awesome. All right. Well, we're going to continue on. I don't. I, I mean, I thought I, you know the Beatles. I do. Not All personally. Well, no, a few. But but you you know Ringo. The uh, he was a house guest. He painted my garage. Anyway. He was a house guest. Who? Which one painted your garage? Yeah, it, Ringo. It might oh. have been you. I don't it know. It might have been. <laughs> lads, I'm going to paint the garage now. Okay, Zach, I'm a drug. Um, I, 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 was, I wasn't surprised. I was actually surprised that Jeff was the only person who got in touch with me and kind of wanted to go at me. Called you out. Yeah, about But you've about said it. before, Beatles. You know. Um, I mean, to the point that you know, we're sitting in your house and a Beatles song come on. And you're like, you remember when the Muppets did that? Yes. And that's, that is my exposure to the Beatles are the Muppets doing a cover of the Beatles. And, and so I don't, I mean, I, here's the thing. You said it yourself. I'm 36 years old and I don't, I mean, I think it's a great exercise. If someone else wants to do it, let me, I'll run through those steps for you real quick again, because I think it's something that if you've not been exposed to the Beatles, you've watched this, uh, what's it called, uh, the Beatles Anthology documentary on YouTube. Uh, look up the Beatles discography and go from them in order. Go through the albums in order. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you got time on your hands to be able to do that, go for it. And, do it. And let me know what you think. I'm glad you have that much time on your hands. Yeah, I just, I, I, I wish I did. Yeah. You know, but I don't. So, no. but Jeff, thanks for the challenge. And maybe... Uh, you know, it looks like something interesting to undertake. What is? It? Have you seen this documentary of which he speaks? Yeah, yeah. Is it good? Yeah. Is it worth watching? For a fan. Okay. All right. Or just somebody who really likes documentaries. Mm-hmm. 
Well, you know, it wasn't until next about on Nova. Next on, it wasn't until about four years ago or so that I really discovered Bob Dylan. I mean, I didn't discover Bob Dylan. He's in the backyard. I walked out there. (laughs) He was just sitting there. That was the time I really discovered Bob Dylan. When he was in your backyard? Get to know Steve Glosson. But no, I mean, like, so I'm not, I mean, I've never been, like, super music knowledge man. No, you like what you like, and you don't like what you don't like. And I love 80s music. You you're, you're a huge proponent of the '80s, and and I know you, some. You do love George Harrison's "Got My Mind Set on You." How does that go? That's the one with the 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 stuff that the 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 mounted like moose and everything in the music video, bobbing up and down, and he's doing somersaults. Is that the I, I got, got my, my mind set on you? Yeah, okay. I've not Mr. seen that video. Are there that, Muppets in that, that video? That is the no, but oh. the under um, you can call me Al. That's probably the second greatest. Music video from the 80s. Okay. I'll have to check that music video out. It's the music? It's, the mu- it's, I would say it's You Can Call Me Al, takes number one with a bullet, got my mind set on you, and then uh, uh, Take On Me. Oh, Take On Me? Is that, that's the, that's the one with like the drawing and everything? Yes. yes. The two universes? Yes. How old are you and how old am I? Happy. I, you had more exposure to music in your childhood, I think, though. Your mom had more exposure to music in her childhood. She probably did. Um, <laughs> but by the time she was a mother of children, they were very serious about their kids not being exposed to like a lot of... I mean, we grew up in a very Baptist preacher's kids' home. And where, and it's so funny, because whereas like all the pop culture stuff of movies and TV shows I was just totally into... Music was always this weird area where it's like, mm, we're not going to let you really listen to that. But we had the same childhood, except, you know, you had a big family and I didn't. And, and I mean, you're I'm, older and yeah, I'm not. Right. You know, Steve and I'm Derek. Well, you know, there's these are the places where we kind of diverge a little bit, I think, sometimes, is this whole music area. We have always <laughs> agreed to disagree on music. But it's not that For the we. For most part. But, but then we'll, you know, we'll come together and sing, Did I tell you I'm going to see Lionel Richie? No, you're not. I'm going to see Lionel Richie. Oh, Derek, <laughs> take me with you. In Memphis? Nashville. Oh. He's got to do all night long. He is going to do all night long. Yes. I want to be in an 80s cover band just to cover that song. I don't know what I love about that song, but I think that song live it would just be one of the greatest things ever. And I don't know why. Because, you know, everybody's just probably swaying the same way. Yes. And just, you know, singing right along with them. All night. All night. You know, doing that part. Oh, I'd just be his backup singer. My gosh. Oh. Lionel Richie, ladies and gentlemen. Where? Lionel. I don't know, but I found I him in the backyard, too. That was when I really discovered Lionel Richie. Not even with the Commodores, huh? Yeah, you know, it wasn't until a few years ago I really discovered Bob Dylan. Oh, hey, Bob. Hey, Bob. Still here. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. Could you? Why Sitting. are you mowing my yard? I'm mowing your yard. Um, what is that? You're Bob Dylan? Yes. Hey. Hey. <laughs> mowing your yard. Mowing. All around you. I just want to mention... 
I have people who care so much about me and and the show, Derek. I just want to mention I have so many people that care about me. <laughs> I'm you so lost. You paused at the complete wrong place. I'm sorry. I just want all y'all to know. I just want y'all to know you love me. Um, no, I've you, gotten, you, I've you gotten really like, like me. I've gotten, I've gotten two or three tweets, four texts, and a partridge in a pear tree with a message tied to his leg that says, "Hey, the geek out, the geek out loud email's been hacked." So, thanks everyone. I, I, I fixed it. I hope. But who broke the news first? That would be Sean Phillips. Oh my. <laughs> Hey, and finally, um, hey Derek, you look like you lost weight. Well, Steve, not yet, not yet, not yet. (laughs) That was my. Let me tell you all something. You like me. (laughs) I have people who care about me. I don't need this. What I'm, what I'm trying to say is, thank you, everyone, for for reaching out and letting me know. Uh, Real quick, Joseph, uh, Jared, Craig, Rich, Scott, Jeff, Chris, Martin. Huey, Clint, Huey, Phil, Luke, DJ, David, yep, Dale, Heidi, Tailspin, yeah, Stephen, uh, Gary, Dan, uh, all of you sent in emails. Ron, Luke, Leia. Yes, all of you sent in emails responding to the Man of Steel and Atlanta, Geritol, Tylenol. Mm, really appreciate it. But then this, then we got I this. I want you all to know that you love me. But then, in the midst of all of that, from out of the quiet corner. Comes this from our friend Dave. He says, uh, after he asked about if we're getting closer to recording our joint Geek Out Loud Man of Steel review. Dave, we can't do anything better for you. Yes. I want Uh, you to know that you love me, Dave. Yes, Dave, you love us. Gosh. I can't. Steve has spoken to. Everybody loves Steve. (laughs) Got that? Good. (laughs) It's a little late in the podcast for plot points, but if you're playing along at home. If you're playing along. Get out your scorecards, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Dave sent an email, just really quickly mentioned some Comic-Con news, which we'll talk about in a minute, and then he said, he just dropped this in the PS, Derek. This was a postscript of this email from The Quiet Corner. He says, I saw Carol Spinney at the local 4th of July jamboree, but he melted into the crowd before I could track him down for a photo op. Big Bird melted. Mm. That's That's a sad state of affairs. He melted. So, um, I, I kind of want to say, Dave, get be a little more aggressive next time. Derek? I just attack Big Bird. Attack Big Bird? Hey. Paint him blue. Oh, don't. Oh, that. Oh. You just brought things down a little bit there, didn't you? Everybody loves Steve. Gosh, follow that bird. Spoken to. Oh, my goodness. Blue Big Bird. Blue Big Bird. That's and and you discovered Bob Dylan in your backyard. What? Why is Bob Dylan in my backyard? Hey, hey mowing your yard. <laughs> mowing your yard. Uh, <laughs> Why? I don't know. Felt like it. Cutting the grass to the soul of the cake. Um, <laughs> you you do a horrible Bob Dylan. I know. I don't do. A, I don't have a good. Imp- I do one impersonation well. I found out. Tell me. I'm wondering who this Bob Dylan <laughs> is, Darth Vader breathing, Darth Vader breathing. That's about it. That's all I got, Derek. Okay. So, uh, anyhow, if we can get on track here, buddy. 
If you could? Yes, if, if I could. Uh, Dave, all I want to say to you is be more aggressive about some picture opportunities. I think you, I, here's what needs to happen, Dave. Can I speak to Dave? Please do. Dave, I want you in a more official matter to, to get a little bit of a backbone, go up to the man, hand him a card, get him on this podcast. I was about to say the same thing. It's because we're the same person all around you. <laughs> Exclusive. <laughs> that creepy little girl from The Conjuring. Well, yeah, I know. I know exactly what you're doing. No, I was doing that for the benefit of everybody listening. Okay. You know exactly what I'm doing. And the, well, and or you just installed a new clapper and you're having a really good time. Do you have a clapper? Oh. That old woman's wrist, man. But she had like the jelly She's wrist dead, at the, end of, at the end of the thing. Yeah. She's dead. Was she the same woman in the original Life Alert commercial? She was the Where's the Beef Lady, and you really brought it down. Was she the Where's the Beef Lady? She was. Emphasis on was. <sighs> Found her in my backyard, too. Mm. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> then we need to call the police. See, what you did is you brought it down, and then I took it to the left. Where's the beef underneath the lawnmower? Hey. <laughs> Mowed over your cow. Hey. <laughs> Wow, his lyrics are really getting oddly specific. It's gotten into him. Oh man! All right. Well, um, as we roll along, merrily we roll along. Welcome um, to Geek Out Loud, where the points don't matter, and and neither does anything I say. Um, Comic Con was this past weekend. Was it? Yeah. Now, Derek, in years past, let's talk seriously about Comic Con for a minute, because in Put on my year- serious hat, <clears throat> good in years past, good <laughs> about what time, good. I hope you do, <laughs> jerk. Put on your serious hat. Hey, I found your serious hat while I was mowing your lawnmower. Where's the beef? Oh, thanks, Bob. I've been looking for that. <laughs> Did you find my blah 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 cap? Oh, the fire rises! <laughs> oh my god! In a complete twist, Bob Dylan was actually Bane. Hey, you put a mask on me, and I become Bane. Tangled you should always wear the mask, Bob. Tangled up in Bane, Darth Vader breathing, Darth Vader breathing. <laughs> that was horrible. Thank you. Um, put on your serious hat. Put on your blah 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 cap. <laughs> You uh, in 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 years past, especially with Smallville and stuff like there was the there, like the, the the summer before the tenth season, before the final season. Mm-hmm. Um, neither one of us were able to get out there. Since then, though, have you really had a desire to go back to Comic Con at all? I would like for the people, mm-hmm. but not for the. And there hasn't been a panel. I just really wanted to be like, I've got to be at that panel, right? Right. Um, Except for the Bob Dylan panel, he right. does some great work. But it, it you you walk out of there not having a clue what he's talking about. Just, why did I wait in all the line for Hall H all night? He for rides that? in on a lawnmower, and I'm still not really sure what happened in the Marvel panel. Well, I'll to tell get you. excited about it. Oh, okay, all right. Other than Hillston as Loki. Yeah, that was neat, and and a lot of those. I mean, I, it's almost like he was taking his cue from Andrew Garfield last year. 
Which Andrew Garfield and Andrew again Garfield did a whole year, Spider-Man thing again this year too. But I haven't even seen like detail like footage details from. Oh, have you not seen like a footage description from the Guardians? No, not from Guardians. <clears throat> but was there not a Captain America trailer? There was. There was some footage shown from Captain I America. Seen it that. Okay, I did see the description of of. Thor? Age, Age of Ultron footage. Okay, but yeah. was that true? I thought it seemed really fake. It like, was. Because it's not filming, but it was just... They said what, I, what I've seen in several places. It was places, Iron Man's helmet with was, a bunch of... It was Iron Man's helmet, the, the Avengers theme, the little you know, music, and different quotes from the movie's past. And the thing gets crumpled and, and it turns, keeps getting into, crumpled Ultron's turns into Ultron's face. Yeah. Okay, okay. So did that actually happen? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And honestly, huge swerve huge swerve from Marvel Studios because because of the 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 scene tacked on in the middle of the closing credits everyone just naturally assumed oh well Thanos is coming to town and you know it's about to get crazy the up here it's not as good as you would expect it to be Thanos is coming to town it's it's cheery, but it's not happy. But then you die. Yeah, it's it's a real happy sounding song, but maybe we should have chose a different way Isn't to warn people. Twist? Pop Dylan song. Oh, but <laughs> didn't even see that coming. Wrote it on his lawnmower. Not even a blip on the radar. <laughs> Wrote it while riding his lawnmower. Um, but no, I owed the lyrics into your yard. I'll be honest with you. When I saw that news. Um, I loved Ultron. it. Yeah, I loved it. I loved the idea that... Now, the only thing that concerns me is they said they're going to move forward with that story and not introduce Hank Pym in Avengers yes, 2. Yes, he, he will be busy in Ant-Man. Yeah, Ant but Man. the thing is... I is, can't say Ultron with that. You know what I think of when I say Ultron. Mm-mm. Here. No. <laughs> Why'd you call yourself Ultron? I mean, because it's <laughs> super bad. Um... I, Henry Pym invented Ultron, the original artificial intelligence Hank. and everything. And yeah, Hank, Hank Pym, Hank. Giant Man, Ant Man, Yellow Jacket. Um, Yellow Jacket. He uh, he invented he invented the artificial intelligence that was Ultron, and Ultron ends up turning on him and the Avengers, and it really plays into a lot of what happens down the road with him. And so I have a hard time understanding how they're going to move forward without. You know, I figured they'd introduce him in Avengers two once they said Age of Ultron, and then, you know, he his story would continue on in Ant Man. Um, but it looks like they're going to be using Iron Man tech, maybe like the Jarvis AI or something like that, to to do that. But that's down the road. The Guardians footage is well. The the Captain America footage was basically a bunch of thugs getting on an elevator. And they turn around and Captain America's standing there amongst them. And he kind of takes them out. Um, and uh, the Guardians footage sounds really cool. They they surprise everyone by having the whole cast show up. Yeah, I saw that. And Karen Gillian has shaved her head. I saw her that. Um, they answered a few questions. They've only been shooting a, a week or two. A day. And uh, seriously... I don't know. <laughs> no, they they. I, I mean, they shot everything at Comic. They they had been. They'd like only been shooting. They. I mean, I think at this point they'd only been shooting about a week or two, but they had done enough. They cobbled together a few things, and basically, it's John C. Riley uh, standing outside of a standing on the other side of a futuristic kind of two way mirror thing, 
Alice in Wonderland. <clears throat> describing each of the people that's in the lineup, and it's the Guardians are in the lineup on the other side. And um, and he goes through, and they and they showed Rocket Raccoon, they showed Groot, who is the big tree thing. Neither, the tree. Neither one of them, I am Groot. <clears throat> yeah, neither one of them spoke. Because uh, they don't have voices yet. Yeah. But they I'm get anxious to find out who those people are. I am too, and I, I think we might hear that at D twenty three coming up. In Star a bit. Wars news, and yeah, and Star Wars news. But um, the uh, but oh my it, oh my oh my Lanta, go on. I just realized something. What's that? Two thousand fifteen. Mm-hmm. Avengers two. You yeah. Uh, Keep counting this this other this other new thing that we'll talk about toward the end of the show. And came out at Comic Con and Star Wars. Huh. It's gonna be it's gonna be huge. So called Steve and Derek move in together Steve. for a summer. <laughs> I smell a sitcom. <laughs> I smell a reality show. Why can't you wash your dishes? Bob was here. Hey, <laughs> I mow the yard, don't do the dishes. This show must be a Bravo. And then I talk like Bane because that's how I roll. I guess this is on Bravo because it's really weird. Yeah, yeah. But the Guardians footage ends with him saying they call themselves the Guardians of the Galaxy. And I think John C. Riley responds to the guy by saying, bunch of a-holes. And um and so it's apparently it's going to have this really light feel to it as far as like, just fun and yeah, funny. I just don't know how they're going to do this. I I'm excited about it. As I a, am too. As a Marvel kid, it's so outside the box, and it's so cool to see that they've gotten to the point in Marvel Studios that they can do something outside the box like this, where you know it's like, oh, let's try it, you know. And, and, and see is what's it going. true RDJ is in this? I don't. I haven't heard any confirmation on that. And the reason he, people are saying in, that he is in Captain America. The reason people are saying that about Guardians is because uh, Iron Man was in the latest run of Guardians, at Tony Stark Iron Man. Yeah. Um. So I don't. I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not. And I don't. I kind of hope he's not. I. I'd like to see him try to do it without that touchstone, of him, just to see how it goes. I know that. And uh, granted, I know you're dealing with millions of someone else's dollars, but. You, they've got a solid cast, man. They've got such a solid cast in this thing. And everyone seems to be happy about it. They they flew 14 hours from London and turned around and flew right back just to just to be at Comic-Con. I love so, Chris Pratt. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. They said he was super funny at the panel, talking about, you know, what he did to lose weight and everything. Speaking of losing weight, Derek, it looks like you've lost some weight. It does not. It <laughs> You are correct. All right. Uh, no, what are you doing to lose weight? Snip it. Whoosh. I haven't eaten in days. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so hungry. How much have you lost? Uh, last weigh-in, I was down 32 pounds. That's awesome. Yeah. I've, I've kind of fallen off in the past month, and I need to step back on the scale, see how much I put on, and really get back after it. Get after it. Yeah. So, how much are you down? Uh, a little over fourteen. Wow. What are you What are you losing weight for? Why? Uh, it was either that or go on blood pressure medicine. Oh. Well. 
Fatty, fatty is fatty is stressed. Well, you let me tell you something. You got nothing on me, son. I've I've lost a whole toddler and and still look like a big fatty. So there you go. <laughs> well, congratulations. Oh. Keep it up. You got any tips for any for for everyone out there listening? Yeah, don't eat. It, it comes off really quick. I don't this think that's. Three, a, I mean, seriously, this is like three weeks. I don't think that's healthy, Derek. Oh, it's fine. I feel. F- <laughs> Uh, we need some help. Edna. Edna, Bob? called Tupelo EMT. Bob, Bob. Dylan, Bob Dylan will meet him at the door. Bob Dylan can fly. Hey, the man <laughs> passed out. Holy crap, I gotta get out of here. I can't go back to prison. <laughs> was Bob Dylan in prison ever? Yes, what, it was Bob Dylan. What what artist from that era didn't spend the time in prison? The jump. Yeah, uh, what what music artist from that era didn't spend time? He shared a cell with Johnny Cash for crying out loud. Did the new Judge Dredd movie suck? Yes, I, Bob Dylan. No, did. I heard it was good. I don't know. I oh, I never saw it either. Um, I, I have cut out everything but water. Mm-hmm. As far as like as far drinks, as drinking, okay. And uh, I have not had. I was getting to the point where I was realizing as I was like counting up what I was doing wrong, mm-hmm. I was having something fried at like every meal. Mm-hmm. So I haven't had, I mean, I just went cold turkey, water only, no yeah. fried food, hmm. and smaller portions. Mm-hmm. But I've been running every morning, too. Hmm. I I just started trying to eat real food. Yeah, I mean, that's, I, I traded in the, uh, the uh, what is that? Is that a spider? What is that? No, that's not a spider. That is that little girl. I'm going to kill her. All around you. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I tried it in French fries for you know squash and mm-hmm. zucchini. See, I don't like food like that. Yeah, I don't either. But so, I'm I'm just doing it. Yeah, so I didn't want to be miserable in it. I did this calorie counting thing with the My Fitness Pal app, and um, and so, that, like I say, that really helped me kind of be aware of what I was eating. Since February, I can count on one hand the number of times I've been to McDonald's. Yeah, I haven't had anything I just, like that. Yeah, I mean, like any type of fast food. But, I, really. but I'll tell you, I went one harder, Steve. I, I have also, I slipped up one day and had a hamburger. I cut out beef. Uh, that's just sad. Like straight up, like fish or bird only. Like I'll, I'll have a turkey burger. That just makes me sad to hear. It's, yeah, as my new favorite show, Bob's Burgers, says, there's no such thing as a turkey burger. It doesn't exist. Mm. Um. Now, actually, I tell you, I've done some turkey burgers. Did I have a steak? No, I've, I've had I had one hamburger in a moment of weakness. Mm. I tell you what, if you if you season those turkey burgers up right, they actually taste pretty good. Yeah, I need some seasoning, mm-hmm. like some Mrs. Dash. Yeah, or some Lowry's. Do I have Lowry's Parsley, in Mississippi? We do have Lowry's. There's mm-hmm. some parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme. Oh, it is thyme. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, so that was the Marvel stuff that came out. Spider-Man 2, the Amazing Spider-Man 2, it sounds like, from the footage description and everything, sounds sounds like Jamie Foxx is hitting a home run with this Electro. And, and, oh, and that they're taking the character movie. seriously. This this movie has, has been weird. Did you hear they cut out Mary Jane? Mm-hmm. Completely? Yeah. Like they cut all her scenes? Mm-hmm. Is Emma going to die? I don't think in this one. I don't want her to I die. I don't think in this one, but Harry Osborn comes in to play. Yeah, and he looks like 
Crispin Glover, like young Crispin emo Glover. Hey, you. <laughs> hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and now on NPR, Bob Dylan beats Crispin Glover. <laughs> I... <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> The only Crispin Glover I know to do is from Back to the Future. That's fine. Hit it. Last night, Darth Vader came down from the planet Vulcan. to told me that I need to ask Lorraine out or he'd melt my brain. Hey! <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Sounds like one of my songs. Um... Which I need to say, I guess, I, I do enjoy Bob Dylan ever since I was introduced to his music. So, having said that... Um, Crispin Glover meets Bob Dylan. <laughs> on This American Life. Um, today on This Old House. Today on uh, Prairie Home Companion. <laughs> Garrison Keillor. I know, I was about Crispin to try Glover. Garrison Keillor. Why would I? Why would I try Garrison Keillor? In my um, in my in my own retconned mind, mm-hmm. what do you, what do you call that? Your own warped sense of reality. No, oh. what, what, canon. My okay. own head canon. Okay, my own head canon. Uh, Dwight Schrute grows up and becomes Garrison Gilbert. Oh, picture them in your head and try to unsee it. I I I totes see it. All around. Totally you. see it. I totally see it. Um, <laughs> I love the I love the punctuation that the hand clap has become with that. Dad, your cares away. Worries <laughs> 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 for another day. Let the music play. Down it all around you. Wh- what? <laughs> Down at Fraggle Rock. Um. Where were we? Oh, the the Comic Con stuff from Marvel. I'm I'm excited about what they're putting out. I I like the twist and I like. I was expecting a big surprise. Well, I think that you know, I think Karen Karen Gillan chamfering her head was the big surprise. Yeah, I I think Age of Ultron was the big surprise. I think Eh, you know, and and I know I know you're underwhelmed by that, but what? But no, but here's what happened, and we'll talk about the end. So DC made their thing. mm And I kept thinking, oh, crap, Marvel's going to blow that out of the water in yeah. a couple of hours. And then they didn't. DC actually reigned supreme. Yeah. For the first time in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but I think we already knew everything, really, that's coming down the pipe in the immediate future for Marvel. But I just figured there'd be some ultra-mega trailer mm-hmm. with everything, or, I don't know, or the entire cast of... Avengers 2 would come out like mm-hmm. Avengers 1 did. But you're still two full years away from that. Your mom's too... I, I don't care. Okay. All right. How far away were we at the other thing there? A year, wasn't we? It was 10 and it came out in 11? No, it, was, it came out in 12, mm-hmm. didn't it? But it wasn't 2010 when they all came out, was it? Maybe it was 11. I don't know. I think it was 2011. So... <clears throat> well, why can't you just get them all together? I don't. Maybe they were all busy doing other stuff. Let's get them all in a video. Yeah, they might. I mean, look, yeah, you've got D twenty three. I honestly think that that Disney's starting to kind of take a little bit more control of some of these properties. 
for the sake of, hey, this is our stuff, and we're going to try to make our convention Maybe, a little bit bigger. Maybe, and you might get some more presents. At, but at the same time, uh, I want it to happen in Comic-Con. I want it to happen now! I understand. I understand that. So, Well, Derek, the reason we've convened this recording of Geek Out Loud uh, Bob is Bob Dylan. Hey, I love the Geek Out Loud. Um, you guys are crazy. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Tangled up song. in gold. Um, All along the watchtower, princess kept the view. <laughs> there must be some kind of way out of here. Um, well, it sounded like Cher. Uh, yeah, well, Bob Dylan. Oh. Bob Dylan sings Cher. Oh. <laughs> if I can turn back time. Yay. Hey. Uh, He's sitting on the missile. <laughs> you uh this went so much different in my head um did. you uh oh i'm sorry i'm not supposed to speak to a spoken oh here. don't bring that back around um because because now it's your turn to carry the show mm. uh, i think i think you're gonna be disappointed mm, uh-oh um because we really haven't talked about this we haven't and that's what i'm really interested to see this is everything else from this point on is going to be did you read what i wrote i did read what you wrote and i was about to mention that there's a great review uh that you wrote for your local newspaper mm-hmm. um on on the man of steel we're here to talk man of steel everyone's wanting to hear us talk about it here we go um it's already out on dvd just yes a couple of <laughs> Pick it up now. Um, spoilers spoilers will abound. Spoilers will abound because it is already out on Blu-ray and DVD. Um, the sequel's out. The sequel yeah, was announced. The sequel started what? last night. We just watched the midnight showing. Um, and I'm 50. <clears throat> and I'm Steve. Um, and I'm still 50. The, uh, the Man of Steel. And... I did a, I, you know, go back and listen. I did a quick 30, 35 minute episode upon the heels of seeing it. Without I was, me. Without you. I, you wouldn't, you were getting ready to go see it for the second time. I did go see it twice in one night. Um, I went to the Walmart screening. And uh, and I too went to the Walmart screening. Had to so, wear my overalls. Yay. Hey. And so I talked about it there. And I really kind of gushed all over it in the immediate afterglow of having seen this movie. Now, as we've moved away from it a little bit and I've gotten some distance, I don't know that my opinion has changed, but my criticisms have become a lot more solidified. If that makes any sense. But I'm, I'm Steve. I use big words. To yes. Make I'm, I'm really super interested, though, to hear what it is you have to say on Man of Steel. So I give you the floor. Oh, don't give me that. We have to start some dialogue. Okay. We begin on Krypton. Well, all right. <laughs> Laura screams as she is in childbirth. Well, first off, Derek, what, just the baby Callahan. Overall thoughts. What do you, I mean? What are your overall thoughts of the movie? How how far back do we have to go on this to to set the stage? I mean, um, I, I think it's apparent. You and I, we spent two hours talking about two different trailers. Yeah, and so we um, were excited about this movie. We were. I, yeah, I can't speak for you. I'm not going to speak for you. I know you were excited for the movie, but I'm not, I'm not going to speak for you okay. in, in, in this sure. in this forum. I'm going right. to let you speak for yourself. I was excited for this Spoken movie. to. Okay, sorry. I'm just <laughs> Did I say now? Sorry. Um, that was You'll um, know when you hear. You will know when you hear. <laughs> no, he's not. He's a wearing a neck of time. <laughs> 
Um, I still haven't figured out if it was I had set the bar too high hmm. or if other people had set the bar too high for me. There was an extreme amount of positive buzz in the week or so leading up to... Well, it's not even two. what I read, but it was just... We have a joke with my friends here. I I have a lot of Superman stuff in my office. I do. Mm-hmm. I have them that at work. And I get a lot of foot traffic in my office every day. Uh, not, you know, not normal foot traffic within the building, but foot traffic the public mm-hmm. coming in off the street because my office is the first one you hit when you walk in the door and I, you know I have a blue and red office uh, I have one accent wall that's painted red and then everything else is blue and I've got one or two shelves that are predominantly Superman figures and memorabilia from over the years and that's really it I have one Superman I have the Fortress of Solitude Mondo print, and I have the thing you gave me mm-hmm. um, with Su- Christopher Even Super Grover. <clears throat> oh, I love that one, by the way. And the thing my friend David sent me mm-hmm. back a few months ago. Um, the canvas, the Superman Returns mm-hmm. canvas. But I also have a lot of Back to the Future stuff in my office, so I'm, other than the predominant blue and red, it's a multitude of stuff in my office, but when you walk in... There's a joke amongst my friends. The normal attitude I get is, "So you like Superman?" You know, not even not no, even seeing no, the Back to the Future re- stuff. I'm really a big fan of uh, Captain Obvious, and you're here. <laughs> uh, you just got here. It's like, no, somebody just gave me all this stuff. I like it. I don't want to do a billing ball sketch, but that's kind of what it feels like sometimes. It's like, you know, I just this is this is the desk I happen to sit in. This is the Superman stuff behind me. I actually can't stand him. Um, they so, put me in here. They put me. Help. <laughs> <laughs> so, it wasn't even reading stuff because I'm gonna be honest with you, I didn't read okay. anything. I was not watching clips at like TV Spot 17. I had to stop. <clears throat> yeah. Well, we I, talked about that the last time we were together. Yeah, I, it got to be too much, dude. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was. I felt like I was seeing it all. Yeah. And um, so I was kind of that, like, when the reviews started coming out, I remember we went, so we went and see it on a Wednesday, Thursday night? Thursday night. Yes. Like that Monday, I swore off the internet. No Twitter, Facebook, you know, anything. I was, I was done, you know, out. It was like Kramer in the contest. <laughs> I was out. Um, you okay? <laughs> Sorry, only reference I could come up with. You're okay. Um, He just walks out and turns around and walks right back in. Slams the money down. I am out. Well, I'm out, Jerry. (laughs) It's been like two minutes. I'm out. (laughs) Um, So it really wasn't a question of the media hyping it for me. It was those people around me that were like, oh my God, aren't you excited? I'm going to shake you. Mm-hmm. No, until you get excited about this movie. And I was still really weary. Like, I wasn't as excited. I mean, I, I was more excited for this than I was Returns. Right. And I was like inconsolable when Returns came out. 
because it was like the height of Smallville. Here's a new thing. And so and I was really pumped for that. But now we've been years without Smallville now mm-hmm. and haven't had anything. And I really don't like the direction that some of the comics have taken. Right. With the new 52. It's not terrible, but it's not my favorite. So I've chosen not to read some things, although I have been a huge fan of The Adventures of Superman. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Smallville Season 11. All that being said, I was very excited for this movie, but I was trying to retain an element of, uh, I I think I need to reel it in a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, maybe. Sure, sure. Play it cool. Play it cool. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. You know, I, I showed up, I went with like 15 people to the movie and they're like, where's your Superman shirt? I'm like, shut up. I picked up Aquaman in my Superman shirt. Oh God, things you'll never <laughs> <laughs> I found Bob Dylan in my backyard. Mm, uh, hey. hey, have you met Aquaman? <laughs> Aquaman picking up Aquaman in my the weirdest picnic ever. Why is Crispin Glover on the roof? Mm, um, hey, you <laughs> get off my roof! <laughs> no, you get off, Crispin. Um, oh, but thank <laughs> you for that. Oh, I just saw him like hanging his head like Pooh Bear. <laughs> Oh bother! <laughs> um, so do I just skip to the end? Yeah, I mean, okay. So let's, <laughs> you saw the movie. <laughs> Glad to be here, Lois. Oh. And lights come up, and they're like, "I just like I'm still staring at the screen, and people are just nudging me, mm-hmm. like to the left and the right, like, what you think? What did, didn't you like it? Didn't you talk to me? What did you think?" They're just getting in my face. I'm like, I'm busy. I'm thinking. Leave me alone. And I'm sitting there. You know, I'm plotting. I'm, I'm, I'm tapping my. All I missed was a little white cat in my lap. Right. Just, you know, to fully encompass what was going on. And I, I, I was not. Um, I had a lot of issues. Okay. When the movie was over, had a lot of issues. All right. And, um, I walked out of the theater to a lot of texts and phone calls. Mm-hmm. From me. From lots of people, but yes, also you, that were um, predominantly the same reaction I was getting in the theater, poking and nudging. Uh, mm-hmm. Why haven't you said anything? What are you going to tweet? Are you going to tweet about it? What did you, you think? Why, why haven't you said anything? Call me. And that was all Steve. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'm at your doorstep. Huh? Why won't you talk to me? This bird um, is looking at me weird. Why? You were in the theater with me. Um, and I I had to let it percolate a little mm-hmm. bit. Percolate. Right. And um, I went to dinner. And I was so... i tell you one thing. I was emotionally and physically drained after that movie. Hmm. I don't know if it was the hype leading up to it that day. Or what? No, it was the movie. Because after watching it multiple times now, I can tell you it was the movie. Yeah. At the time, I didn't know that it was the movie. But now, after multiple viewings, I can predominantly tell you it is the film itself that mm-hmm. I just felt like I had run a marathon when it was over. Just the myriad of emotions that I went through while watching this film. Right. The ups and downs. And uh, I went to dinner and I was like, God, I'm tired. I was seriously debating not going to that second screening. Mm-hmm. 
because I just I didn't know I'm like not that, not that I didn't want to watch it again because I felt like I had to watch it again but I was just I was like I'm gonna fall asleep in the theater there's just no way right and I went and I stayed awake and you know by that point it was like three thirty in the morning um and and that made it worse because mm-hmm. then I was like I can't form an Stupid opinion movie. I'm too tired yeah. why did I why did I go to that movie again now I'm more drained it was the movie. And I want to punch the screen and, you know, all that. So more phone calls, more texts, more tweets. What did you think? You lost a super bad podcast. What did you think? Um, I talked to you. Mm-hmm. And you were just on cloud 9011. I was, were... I was stoked. Because my, my experience was a little bit different. It was just me and one other dude. Yeah, and we had a thirty-minute drive in the same vehicle back from the theater, and we just were talking it out. And the more I talked about it, the more, the more I talked myself into being excited about it. If that makes sense. After. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. To the point you called me mm-hmm. as I was going to dinner, and you were like, "Oh, I was like, you were like, I can't control myself. I'm gonna go record right now. Bob Dylan's in the backyard. I gotta go by." <laughs> Um, and I was like, what? Bob Dylan, what happened? What is this? Hey. Um, Bob, Bob, are you here? Um, Steve, I'm, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I don't want to beat around the bush. I still have not formulated a full opinion. Is that because you're scared you don't like it? <sighs> I'm scared that I do, actually. Okay. And I'm scared of what that means. Well, let's uh, let's talk about let's let's talk let's do what because we because I I see both sides of every argument mm-hmm. and I have a valid argument for both sides sure, of every argument sure and I can't formulate which side I'm mm-hmm. I'm on. Well, let's talk about some of those things that people have said because some of the big criticisms that have come down the pipe uh, stem from the destruction. And and a lot of people are like, <sighs> Superman let all these people die. He let all this mess get destroyed. He didn't well, save right, let's anybody. Let's make no bones about it, because there's people who are sitting there saying, well, it didn't shit. And I was like, uh-uh, you go back and watch. You see people get straight up murdered. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, you see concrete obliterate people. Yeah, yeah. Bayora punches people so hard they explode. Yes. Uh, that final flight battle with Superman and Zod, mm-hmm. I mean, people are flying out of 30-story windows mm-hmm. to their death. People die. Mm-hmm. Now... On the flip side of that, I see that as the biggest argument. I, probably more than what I feel was the bigger argument, I see Superman wouldn't do that. I'll tell you what I'd do. I'd, I'll tell you what I'd do. I'd I email the real Superman. Uh, did you watch that oddest trailer I sent you for that? No. The guy, the, the honest movie trailer guys took Oh, Superman yes, for. yes. And some stupid dubbed over kid. <laughs> I'll tell you what I'd do. <laughs> um, and the same shot over and over, yes, and over again. Yes. I was like, oh, they listen to our podcast. Um, my argument for the destruction is on a few different levels. For the pro for it, for the destruction, you can't turn a blind eye to the Avengers, people. Yeah. People died. A lot of people died in that movie. 
and I feel watching that, <clears throat> I honestly feel like more people died in the Avengers than Man of Steel. Oh, really? I really do, dude. I don't know. Those big worm things? Yeah, but look. That's when, some stuff going on, dude. But when, when Superman and Lois are there and they kiss for the first time, mm-hmm. they're standing in a wasteland. I mean, that place well, has been running. leveled. I mean, they were. I know. know. I'm not saying that everyone you saw on screen died, but I'm saying that that place was leveled. I don't know well, that there was more okay. damage done. I mean, but here's the thing: people care about this because it was it felt real. Hmm. More people got angry about this because it felt you felt those deaths. In Avengers, we cleared it all up with a quick one-liner, and then they went and got shawarma. Well, no, see, I, I think that I think that really kind of cheapens what was done in the Avengers a little bit because here's here's my thing with 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 the whole people dying and Superman not really doing anything about it. When when people start to bring that argument up, you in in the Avengers. There's the scene where Captain America gets down. The cops are standing there. They're trying to get things under control. He's like, you've got to keep these people out of the buildings, take them down through the basements and the subways, whatever you can do to keep them off the streets. You see Captain America get into a place where there's civilians being held hostage, and he stops them. You know, he stops the bomb. He gets the bomb out of there and all that stuff. And, And you see them doing some things to actively protect, in the midst of all this, some civilians in the midst of all this other stuff that's going on. Um, and then at the end, as they're kind of doing the wrap-up montage, the wrap-up bye-bye, you see, uh, you know, you see the wall, the remembrance wall, and you see kind of the after effects of that, and you never really got to see any of that in Man of Steel. Um, and so I think what people felt, because here, I, I, Derek, I really think it comes down to this. I think people have an expectation of Superman to be everything that Superman Returns said he is. And I know that this has nothing to do with Superman Returns or the Christopher Reeve Superman, but that character... That persona. That persona and that character comes through where people expect Superman to save the day. And if someone dies in a Superman film, that's not supposed... I think, I, think, I think that people go in with the idea that this is not supposed to happen. People aren't supposed to die. Um, and so they come away when people do, and, and, and they're just kind of... Their world is shattered. Now... The destruction was huge. It was monumental, all that stuff. I also think this this movie, and you can, I, and I want you to chime in and correct me if I'm wrong here. This movie broke. To. This movie broke the formula that was set forth in 1978 for just about every single superhero movie to come. The origin is told. The superhero on their first outing gets to do something where they save somebody. And then the big threat's revealed, and then the big threat's dealt with. You know, you look at Superman the movie. He's born, he gets to Earth, da-da-da-da, then he becomes Superman. The first thing is save that helicopter, then he goes around, stops some robberies and that sort of thing, gets a cat Mm -hmm. out of the tree. And then the big threat, Lex Luthor, comes into play with him. Mm -hmm. In Batman in 1989, the first thing we see Batman do is, is, you know, scare off a bunch of purse thieves, and thieves, I should say, um, meanwhile, this whole Joker thing builds up, and then boom, you know, in Iron, even in Iron Man, you know, you have the situation, you have him build the first armor, he goes home, builds the second armor, 
And the first thing he does is go to that little town where those terrorists are and reveal himself to the world that way. And then the big threat comes about and he faces off against that. This formula was kind of thrown out the window in this movie. Yeah, the same day he puts on the well, essentially the same day he puts on the suit is the same day he yeah he takes has on to, the big threat takes on the his, threat his and reveals himself save. and reveals himself to the world. Yeah, his lowest save was not a. Um, I mean, he was Superman, mm-hmm. but it, you know he wasn't wearing the suit, right, or the cape. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that I think that this movie took some steps and some storytelling ways that haven't been done necessarily in a superhero well, movie. I, I'm going to be honest with you, and it's not that I dislike the pacing, but it's a weirdly paced it movie. Is a, it is a very oddly it's, paced it's movie. It's oddly paced. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of ups and downs. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the reason when it's over, I just feel so... Ugh, I just feel like I just gave it my all sitting yeah. there. Not like I had, you know, not like it was a, a chore, but it just feels like it took so much out of me. Mm-hmm. Um. But I, I, I feel like everybody kind of just writes off the Avengers because, you know, they they do a quip and then they go on. And and this was... You know, Avengers was big and it was fun. Mm-hmm. Pacific Rim was big and fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I cried like a little girl with a skint knee in some of these parts yeah. of this movie. You know, I did. <laughs> I'll be totally honest with you. I mean, somebody took my milk money and I was in the corner crying. I uh, Well, I thought about this tonight watching Pacific Rim. Um, there's a scene where, you know, it's the big fight, not toward the not the ending fight, but, you know, the, the big fight they actually have in the streets of Hong Kong or whatever. Yeah. With with the with the kaiju and um gotcha. and and one of the Jaeger or the Jaeger that's fighting gets thrown into a building and you see you see glass breaking, you see metal being ripped and that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, but I leaned what, over to the people. I was, I was like, people dying in here too. But what they never do is pull out from the fight to watch us to watch a building fall over. You know, and, and I'm not saying that's good or bad. But I'm saying that what that helps you do is, and I realize it's not, what that helps you do as an audience member, because in Transformers 3, I had the same thing. I'm like, man, people are just dying left and right. Now, they addressed it in Transformers 3. For all the crap people give the Transformer movies, it was it was addressed that this is, this is a bad situation. There ain't nothing good coming out of this if we can't stop anybody. But I just thought, I'm like, you know, that's how you keep people's mind off of it. Is 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 rather than pull back and, sh- and continually show it, you've got to keep things moving. And in and in some of those fight sequences, whether it was Smallville or Metropolis, um, the the destruction was just that's when they went wide on their shots. Was let's sh- let's show you how much is getting messed up here. And and I do think it was a little unsettling for everybody. I mean, let's. Batman Begins. People died. You know, when when that train went off the rails and everything, and and blew up that parking garage. There's no way there weren't there wasn't death from that situation. Um. Well, you know, people died in Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises. Good Lord. They they, they hanged them. And, and for the world to see. 
And so I feel like, but, and I think what, and I think that one criticism of all these people dying, I think it really, I think it doesn't come from anything except this is Superman. We expect Superman to save people. Well, I chalked a lot of this up to this. I mean, this day one, his rookie Superman, Mm -hmm. his rookie Superman. Yeah. He's had the cape about 24 hours. Um, there's one of him versus what fifteen? Mm-hmm. Well, four that he fights, but mm-hmm. you know what? Fifteen of his own kind that have the same abilities as he do, mm-hmm. does. But Smallville should have taught him a lesson in in getting the fight away. Yeah. Well, the, and- even though even though predominantly most of the Smallville damage was done by the army. Yeah. Um. Oh wow! He, he, I took that statement a whole lot deeper than what. Oh, you were you thinking about the then. show, weren't you? I no, I was thinking about just the fact of the growing up in small because. Oh no, I'm talking about the Battle of Small. Yeah, right. Should have taught him different. I agree with that. Um, I mean, he he, you know, he moved that train and walked out of that Sears, and he mm-hmm. saw what was what. Yeah. And. Oh, oh. Uh, but can I tell you that gave me one of the great that gave us one of the greatest moments of that movie though is when he just slams into him and he's like, "You gonna mess mm-hmm. with my mother." Oh, that is the best part of the entire film, <clears throat> except for everything after the when they get to the graveyard forward mm-hmm. is is amazing at the end. But that's yeah. You think you could threaten my mother? Uh, that's the best part yeah. of the whole movie because yeah. the music and yep. Oh my god! Oh, and just the way he just Atlanta. comes out. Of, I mean, he just is like boom yeah and and you've got a lot of emotion with this superman mm-hmm. because he's not really it's it's a different clark than we've had before he's not he's not like an emo brooding sulky clark he's not but he's also alone and he feels like a right. loner right you yeah. know that doesn't mean that he's emo it just kind of means he's never found his place in this world mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then suddenly he has this place, and that's why you, you see, you know, I had a friend laying over to me in the theater. He was like, why did he scream when he killed Zod? I was like, because he just killed his brother. Oh, come on, Spencer, you know that. That wasn't Spencer. Okay. I, I, just, I don't <laughs> sit by Spencer in the theater. The, uh, um, but he was, he was like, why did, why did he get so upset? Why was he, is he mad at himself? I was like, well, he just, that's, that was his last tie to his home. Yeah. That was it, and yeah. it's gone. He physically killed it in his hands. Mm-hmm. Let me let me go back to what I thought you meant when you said Smallville should have taught him something. Hit me. I, because I immediately thought of the line from the, the the series finale of Smallville, you know, always remember Smallville, son. Hold um, on to. Yeah, yeah, always hold on to Smallville. God, um, the, I was on board. I, I the, the portrayal of Jonathan Kent by Kevin Costner, I thought he did a great job. For the Jonathan Kent, we there was not one casting in this film that was wrong. The casting was great across the board. Totally agreed. Everybody, even the, Jenny Olsen. The the I, you know, whatever, but <laughs> the writing of the character of Jonathan Kent though has left me. The more I've thought about it, the more I've chewed on it. I don't know that I like the direction they took with him because rather than it be, we're going to teach you to do what's right. We're going to teach you to... Not that they didn't teach him to do what's right, but the the message that Jonathan Kent gave Clark was more hide than... Well, it was fear. He was speaking out of fear. Right. We had that argument when that first 
that first trailer, the yeah, the, the first, first trailer came yeah. out, and he said, "What was I supposed to just let him die?" And he was like, "Maybe." Mm-hmm. But as I said in the movie, he's going to turn that on its head, which he did when we got in the actual film. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't hear all that in the trailer. Yeah, but at the same time, what I, I guess what I'm saying is, is, is at some point in in there in Clark's growing up through uh, throughout the, uh, every incarnation, whether Jonathan lives or dies, there's the moment where the fear of them finding out about Clark turns into a, this is, you know, you, you've, and he does this a little bit. There is this, there is, there is the message of, you know, you're gonna, you gotta figure out who you're going to be and what your destiny is. But it's so overshadowed by this this concept of fear that he never really got to learn anything else in Smallville from Jonathan Kent other than people are not going to accept me. And I think that's... But I think you're overlooking some of it. It it was people are not going to accept you until such a time as they have to. Yeah, I mean, I, I just... There, there's just something that's not. It, it's not. I think you're. I, think, I feel like you're turning a blind eye to some of what Jonathan said. Well, I, I know. I mean, the, the only time that I really feel like he, he really hit that message at all was when they're standing down there at the ship, when he, when he, when he shows Clark the ship and everything. Mm, I see when they were standing at the at the um, mechanics after the bullies. Well, that's when he says the good character or bad. Yeah. Yeah, but still though, that that's still the. But still, more than any of that comes out is the fear. Well, I think the fear is prevalent most with the death. Yes. Um, and that's and see, here's the thing, and I've and I've heard someone else which, say this. I mean, go ahead. I'll well, I've heard someone that. else say, and I want to get your reactions. I've heard someone else say it, and I find myself agreeing with it a little bit. the The burden of Superman. Though, yeah, the loneliness and everything works for for a little bit. The real burden of Superman is, I think we see it in two places in previous movies. One is standing at Jonathan Kent's grave with his mom, and he says, all these powers, all these things I can do, and I can't even save him. And then the other being when when he's in the air with Lois and returns, and he says, you know, every day I hear them crying for one. Talking about it. He says, you said Mm -hmm. this this world doesn't need a savior, but every day I hear them crying for one. Great and, line. And, and the burden of Superman, I think, is that I can't save everyone. You know, there's some things that I can't no, there's do. just some, day, you know, some days you can't get rid of a bomb. Right. There, he, he, <laughs> hey. He, he, he can't be everywhere. Right. He's not a god. And, and so, on one hand, I think we see a little bit of that with the whole destruction of Metropolis thing. But on the other hand, I think that the way they... They handled the death of Jonathan Kent takes away from that a little bit because the truth of the matter is, is he could have done something. All those powers, all the, you know, and he says he clears up. He says, "I my father died because I trusted him." And I'm I'm still struggling with the death. I'll be honest with yeah. you. It's one of the points of the movie where I absolutely adore it, and that hand raises and I cry mm-hmm. like a little. Oh baby. yeah, it's a kick in the when gut. that hand comes up. I was like, oh, don't you dare. It's like when I watch it, I understand it, and I'm like, I'm totally there. But when I get away from it, I'm like, I don't like that that much. I don't think. I don't yeah, know I if I like it. That's where I saw Ray Liotta's face somewhere in that tor- tornado. Um, <laughs> Ray Liotta. <laughs> and she filled a dreams reference, people. 
Um, but at the same time, I'm like, why didn't you just go get the dog? Yeah. Yeah. Why does and and it's why just, did it have to be the dog? Why mm-hmm. couldn't it be the kid? You know, because they go after the kid at first, and it's mm-hmm. stuck in the car seat. Yes. And he get, I was like, why did it have to be the dog? Yeah, you got to let the dog go at that I, point. I, and I know, I, listen, I I I I, I, I know want, I just ticked I everybody off after me. I don't I know. want Peter after me, but. And I, I love my my dog is my best friend. Baxter's my best friend, but come on now. Yeah. Come on now, won't you? Hey, that, I was just like, really? Yeah. It's, we're going to do this for the dog. It, we it, can't save the kid. But here's what, why couldn't it be Clark having to save something else mm-hmm. at the same time? Yes. Yes. Yes, and because then that's echoed in such a bigger way in Metropolis. Because it can't be everybody everywhere mm-hmm. at once. He couldn't save them and save Jonathan. Now I'm fine with him turning around at the split second seeing Jonathan, but I mean there was a good seven seconds. Oh there. yeah, they they he want. I mean they stood there and, and made the broken, eye contact. The broken leg. Yeah, and, he you know, he, he looks sent him back a text. Everybody and starts to come forward. Yeah, he sent him a text and said, "Don't you know? Don't bother. This is probably not the best thing for you to do." Brb, you know. I mean, it was just I... brb. <laughs> Omg, tornado. <laughs> he tweeted a little bit. Hashtag, I don't want my son to save me. Um, Hashtag, I know Metallo. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. It was just like, I mean, now don't get me wrong. That that I'm telling you, that scene brings me to my knees sure. every time. Yes, I mean, it is, it a, is a powerful punch, scene. It is a punch to the gut. Oh my god, it is so, and it just rips me apart every time. But at the same time, I'm like, I really wish this had been tweaked in some other way. Mm-hmm. Like the bypass had maybe collapsed a little bit, and he was saving. He had to hold it up. Or, yeah. Well, not even. You know, I don't want him to, but. His his attention was diverted long enough that when he turns around, it's too late. You know, he can turn around and see the hand raise. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. But the whole... Just stand there and watch. It's, yeah. just... it's, it's, it's not... There's something... It's... I don't want to say they did it wrong, because I... Who am I to say that they did it wrong? Okay. But... It's, it's a different take. I mean, because granted, how else is he going to die? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we didn't go the heart attack route. Right, exactly. So you, um, so so. And there was one article that that called it a, a father son assisted suicide. And I don't like that. I don't like. Uh, I think that's harsh and too. I mean, that goes beyond the pale of pithy. I mean, that goes to. I don't know. That's just ugly to say. It's ugly, as my mama would say. But I think that. That, it, oh, it just even thinking about it, like I can see it play out yeah. in my head like a bad dream. Mm-hmm. But I, but that's the thing, head, is that, you know, his head of curls turns around and looks at all those people, and yeah. you kind of see Diane Lane there in the right hand corner. Yeah, and and he turns back with his mouth open a little bit, and that hand just comes. No, that hand. Oh, you put that hand away, Kevin Costner. Oh, it gets me. Mm-hmm. But I think it, it speaks you, to you, whether. Whether they did it wrong or not, you cannot deny how powerful a scene that is. No, exactly. No, I and don't. You can see it on Lois's face. I mean, he was just telling her the story. Mm-hmm. She didn't even watch that like we did. Yeah. She Unless did. that's some really cool stuff going on in that world, I don't even know. Right, about. right. 
it's the tombstones have footage from your final yes. moments mm-hmm. or something. That's, I don't know. I think but. that's how it works in the DC universe now. It's really morbid, but it's anyway, terrible. Um, but no, I think. But my my point is with that is I think it speaks to for me to the larger problem of the portrayal of Jonathan Kent in this movie and and his motivations for everything that he did and the way that he taught Clark. But I kind of like that we didn't get the same old Jonathan Kent at the same time. I, you know, you know, Schneider was just Glenn Ford, spread out over ten years. Hmm. I mean, it, he got to have two scenes of dialogue, really, mm-hmm. not including finding the kid, right, Glenn Ford. So really, yeah, he has like two scenes of dialogue, and that's it. When he's working on the truck and then walking up to the farm. Mm-hmm. Am I missing something? No. That's it, right? Right. Except for when he's talking to Martha when when, he, when baby Clark lifts mm-hmm. up the truck. I love Smallville. You know I love Smallville. Mm-hmm. I would not have spent as much time over the last six or seven years on things that I would not, you know, enduring things I would not adore. But I will tell you that Predominantly, most everything Jonathan Kent said on Smallville was just longer versions of the same conversations. Now, there was a little more growing up, and there was a little bit more specific stuff, you know, about Lex Luthor's bad and stuff like that. But right. the, the overall message that Jonathan Kent delivers to his son. All, almost all of it, 95% of it, is found in those words that Glenn Ford gives Jeff East in that movie. Yeah, but the thing is, though, is I think that speaks to who that character is for for the past 75 years. But, the, but I see, I, but I disagree because Jonathan Kent, Lois, and Clark is not at all to me. Yeah, but he's... Those John, those Jonathan Kent. Well, then, and that's because of the tone of Lois and Clark. But he does, but he's that supportive. Go get well, him. Well, Kevin was supportive to an extent. Let me ask you that. Maybe it's that. Maybe I. I tell you what. I. I will say that flat out. That I'm, I didn't. I'm, I was glad we didn't go back to the well again. Sure. And it was just all sure. you were sent here for a reason. Sure. And, I mean, he did say those things, but it was not the. You know, sure. I listen. I'm, I, I've got I've got a hammer in my hand, so everything I'm looking at is, an, is a nail, kind of thing. Sure. I, I mean, I understand that, but to me, there was something off about the message being too far in the fear direction. It was just too far. But I think that was that's just the tone of the movie, because he had a reason to be afraid, and. You know, even when he goes to that priest and he's like, I have I no reason to believe Zod will, will follow his word. But then again, I don't trust the people of Earth. And sometimes you just got to take a leap of faith. The trust part comes later. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I tell you and, this. And this is what I like. For everything, and, and you know how I feel about the whole Lois argument in Superman. Right. I love Lois Lane. Lois Lane is my second favorite character. In, in in the Superman world. Third, if you go behind Clark Kent. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I feel like sometimes people put can, can put too much of an importance on Lois Lane. Mm-hmm. 
even though they are equals and 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 they are mates and you know I I get all that and I get that they're each other's better half and he makes up for her downfalls and vice versa but sometimes I feel like you know they think that he is the reason he's Superman and I'm sorry but it's the it's the growing up that he got is the reason why he's Superman right but everything that he grew up learning in this one she turned it on its head Mm-hmm. And I loved that they did that. In oh, this one. listen, she, she, that the the um oh, and I can't even oh, I've seen it so many times now, and I can't even word it. When the, uh, when after the whole, do what you have to do, general, and then it cuts to them in the desert, mm-hmm. and they're and they're standing there facing each other, and he says, "Thank you," and she says, "For what?" And he says, "Oh, I'm drawing such a blank." And she's like, it doesn't matter much now. And he's like, it mattered to me. Yes, yes. And it, it, it's like everything he thought he knew was not challenged, but... No, it was. It was challenged. It was... She, I don't want to say it was... She was his touchstone. She brought out everything he didn't know he could... She opened the door for him to trust everybody. She opened yes. the door for him to trust humanity with what he with what he was with who he is, and and the fact that and and predominantly that is Jonathan and Martha's right thing to do. And it, and and I do like that in the sense that it ends up making their connection that much more palpable and believable, you know. Because quite frankly, uh, Margot Kidder, especially in Superman two. And in Superman 4, you see that Lois Lane a lot more attentive to Clark than she was in the first Superman. Uh, But there's still this thing of she's dismissive of Clark when it comes to Superman. Lois, with this origin and this this understanding of uh, her kind of uncovering who Clark is and what what everything is, and, and we both said this, as Smallville fans, as she's hollering at him, calling him Clark while he's in the suit, I love that. Yeah, I did too. Um, because she sees him for the fullness of who he is right out of the get-go. They have a connection that makes sense, that works down the road. Because for the, there's a lot of times when, when Lois gets portrayed, she gets portrayed in such a way that you don't see how Clark, with, with the person he is, would give her the time of day. Based on how she treats him versus the way she treats Superman, even though they're the yeah. same people, and and so yeah, I let me tell you this: the 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 writing for the the development of the 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 character arc that she had, the story she had, I thought fit wonderfully into the mythos of Superman, and it's one of those things. It's like you know what, this is how it could have been all along, and it would have worked great. Granted, there were a lot of stories that wouldn't have gotten told if Lois trying to find Superman's identity back in the Gold and Silver Age, but right. But but this was to me, it was I loved it. I love the fact that she knew from the get go, so we never have to deal with that. And she become and that's why she's so important to him, is that she was the first person outside of his Earth family that knew him for who he was and trusted him. And was not a scared and was not scared of him. Was not as scared of him at all. Um, I want to. I want to go back to this though. In the midst of all this stuff, I want to. I want to hit the Jonathan thing really quickly one more time. 
And that's this. I did not like the fact that they argued in the truck before the whole thing went down. Um, that was a Marvel move to me, and I did I, not like it. I, um... I did because he tried to fix it. Uh, they have the fight. It's the silence. And then he goes, look, dad. And then they throw on the brakes mm-hmm. and he gets out. Yeah, but he never got... My thing is he never got to fix it. But Jonathan knew. Well, the father always knows. No, that's but, the mother always but, knows. But John, Jonathan knew. Yeah, I mean, I know Jonathan knew, but for Clark's sake, that's just an extra burden he doesn't need to be carrying around. I mean, they did that. That was that was a heavy-handed way of, and and look, this is not a slide on Superman, John, or anything. This is this is looking at the writers and look at this. That's a heavy-handed way of trying to put something extra on this character to try to make him more relatable. Because I, at the end of the day, no matter what Zack Snyder had to say about Superman, and and this plays into something. It did make him relatable, though. I know, but my thing is, I here's this is what I ultimately come down to is I don't think that the higher-ups at Warner Brothers and even people who are writing for this character right now is in a cinematic way trust the character of Superman to, to, to capture audiences' imaginations and, and, and hearts. And so as we get back into the destruction situation, everything else... The big thing that everyone said after Superman Returns was, well, you didn't hit anything. Well, they're like, well, here you go. Well, he hit too much. Exactly. And and so there's... I do a, think some of that was them going, okay, well, we're going to take it to the end. Oh, yeah. I, and, 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 there, and the thing is, though, with that, my, my problem with that is it's like at some point, you know what worked in Superman Returns, and I'll tell you what worked in Superman Returns are those moments where where he's flying around Metropolis using every power at his disposal. Like it was you that that whole scene was used to show off all of his powers and to show him doing the work of saving everyone in Metropolis. Here, granted his rookie day out and everything, and it, and again, understand that I don't have the problems with, with the destruction stuff that a lot of people have. I see where they're coming from. But at the end of the day, it's like, I'm like you, 24 hours in the suit. If that, you know, what's, what's a brother to do? He did the best he could. He saved the world is what he did. Yeah. You know, when, when he goes around to the other side of the world to take out that world engine, it's, it's strategically sound because he's not going to have to fight his way through 50 people with his powers to get there to destroy it. And it's also dangerous for him because they say... If it's creating an atmosphere more like Krypton, what's going to happen when you get near it? There's the possibility he's going to his death on behalf of this world. And, you know, it's not like he wasn't doing anything, and it's not like he wasn't doing something that's dangerous even for Superman. He saved the world. Did thousands die? Most likely, sure. Is it not really because it's fictional? But did thousands die? Sure. Well, thanks for spoiling it for everybody Sorry. else. But, but at the end of the day, he saved the world by doing that. And I want to talk to you about a moment in that scene, by the way. Because I've seen you mention it on, on your Tumblr and your Twitter and all this good stuff. Look, I said it that night in the theater and nobody believed me. And, and it took weeks 
it took it took it coming out it leaking mm -hmm. on like BitTorrent. Is that an actual truth? Nobody will own up to it. That they that they superimposed for a moment, or either digitally altered for a moment. I mean, and by a moment, I mean maybe what three or four frames of half a frame. Yeah, I mean of his facial features morphing into Christopher Reeve when he's underneath the world engine. When he's underneath the world engine. Taking the the blunt force of it, and no, and see, I just, I mean, I saw it while we were watching. I'm like, well, he looks a lot like Chris Reed there, but there were moments where I looked, and I'm like, he looks a lot like Tom Welling there, and and that's the thing that I feel like is intentional. I feel like they did, I, if if they did do that with his face digitally or whatever, or if it just happened to be pushed around by a fan, this Cavill guy, this Henry Cavill, just was able to encompass that every every incarnation of this character we've seen except for Dean Kane. Not even that. It's just his acting ability. Like, go go to the scene where Jonathan dies, where he's in the car. Yeah. He's a kid. Mm -hmm. He's like it's 19. It's done at the same yeah. time as everything else. Mm -hmm. I mean, and he, he's just a straight up kid. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you then you go to the him at the bar and, you know, getting beer thrown at him. Oh. And, I mean, then go to him flying and laughing, as mm -hmm. you know, smiling as big as he can as he's, you know, falling into a mountain. <laughs> um, he's, he's a great actor. Yeah, he did. I, that's the thing. He, he, he pulled off a fantastic Superman. Did you... Um... No. Okay. <laughs> yes, Bob. I, I'm... He... I'm trying to remember, we were talking about the flying, yeah. the acting, with the acting and the flavin. With the flavins! Um, and the hoo-ha and the wee and the wah. <laughs> the, we'll just jump into it then. The big thing that people had an issue with, uh, the other big thing is the killing of Zod at the end. And if, if Jonathan's death took it out of me, then I was, I was done by that point. Right. Um, that's that's one that's one of the more emotional scenes I think I've ever had to endure. Uh, it's so visceral. Oh my! God. It just it it haunted you. Yeah. Like I closed my eyes right afterwards. It's something like you don't want to see. I bowed my yeah. head. I was like, he did not just do that. He did not just do that. Right. And I couldn't shake the image. Yeah. It break it breaks your heart for this for this character, and it, it breaks. Did yeah. And, and as a Superman fan for life and knowing how much that Superman doesn't kill mantra has been has become in, ingrained into the character. You know, it started as a way just to protect the character on TV uh, with the George Reeves series. That's where that all came in at. It, it was never like written in, well, Superman has this, you know, this moral code. Mantra, yeah. It just started as... Well, we were going to keep this thing kid friendly, so they'll keep buying the comic books, and it became a part of the character, you know. And then through the Which days, of the, and then through the days of the comics code and everything, it just, yeah. And and to watch him do that was just so jarring. But then I was I was reminded if you don't watch the Donner cut or any of the the deleted yeah, scenes from yeah. the ABC did, thing did of it, Superman 2. Did I tell you this? Is it this... might be, it might have been something I saw you write and then I thought about it. I'm like, oh yeah. I he, put it in the article. He chunked Zod to his death in Superman 2. Lois kills Ursa. Lois. 
and Don kind of committed suicide. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, he straight up he and smiles about it. He kills on yeah. and smiles about yeah. it in Superman too. Yeah, the lights were on out here. You were safe in there. Um, um, and and I know that it's a you know more light and fluffy and and there is the chance. Yeah, and... you yeah you get the idea that maybe they're not really dead. You can you know and especially if you see the Donner cut, they're getting loaded into the into the police van and all that good stuff. Which is at the Fortress of Solitude. Yeah, that, that, yeah, everything's now revealed now. Yeah. Um, Which is why I have to blow it up, Lois. But here's... Can I just tell you what bothered me more about that scene? And you've seen it... I've seen it four times. And you've seen a little bit more of me. Here's what bothers me more about that scene than anything else. I want to look at that family that's cowering in the corner and say, just drop and roll. The eye line and the heat vision is here. The floor is down here. Drop and roll. Well, and then I've seen people say, what's four more people? Mm. That's, but After see, the thousands that died. But, but the thing is, is this is where the personal touch of Superman comes in. He's not going to sit and watch people die. Yeah, that's my point, too. I, this is my belief on what happened here. Um... Nolan was against this. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I heard that a few people at DC were against it as well. Hmm. And that they came around to Goyer and Snyder's um, way of thinking. I don't know what their way of thinking was, but this is my way of thinking. Superman has a rule that he doesn't kill. Mm-hmm. We just saw why. Mm-hmm. We we know now why Superman has that rule. Yeah. In that yeah, he, and th- that's, something that's had great. To to yeah, that's great. That rule. That's great because it because you're right. Something had to happen, and this is an origin story, completely and utterly an origin story. And that's why I've been more okay with it. I, you just rock my world. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Um. Steve's tangled up in blue. Yeah, um, well, yeah. That that I, and I, I made that decision at dinner before going into the second viewing. Mm-hmm. Silently to myself, as I was picking at my food, I was like, I was like, why? Why did he? Why? Why? He had to. Mm-hmm. He had to. He did not have another option. Mm-hmm. He had to. And now, moving forward in this franchise. He will he will deal with those repercussions. Right. That that moment will haunt him. Yep. I know it will. Yeah. They would be stupid if they didn't make that moment haunt him later in this franchise. Yeah. I, I dude, I like I've not the whole idea of he has a rule that he doesn't kill and here's why has not even entered into my head until just then. Yeah. And I and I love I've seen nobody else say that but yeah. me. I'm not saying I'm the only person sure. to up with that, but I've I've been Well, you know, and I've, I've seen been content people in that way of thinking. Yeah. And, and it's not been conforming to somebody else's ideal. And and I've been kind of disappointed because I have seen some creators talk about it. You know, people who've worked on the character himself talk about how disappointed they were in it. Mark Wade um completely dumped all over the movie. He he got up and tried to walk out. Yeah, he was angry at the movie and and on one hand I, I come to this i totally understand where these people come from because of our expectations of superman 
and 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 what we expect and and I, and and you've got to look and see that this was a situation that Superman, be it f- whether he's faster than a speeding bullet or not, he's he wasn't able to do this. And I think that's another thing, like you say, it's going to haunt him. That that you know you're not you're going to see him take the fight away from the crowd from here on out. You know, no one else is going to suffer or die because he let something hang around Metropolis that way. Yeah. Um. And, and you mentioned the future of the franchise. Before we talk about that, I want to talk about something that I know we both absolutely loved about this movie. Before I throw in one last... Before I do that, though, I want to throw in one last jab. Zack Snyder, if I have one thing that I could ever say to him, it's they invented this amazing thing called a tripod. <laughs> it didn't do it that much. Dude, what are you talking about? It, it didn't happen that when much. You're, oh, dude, it happened way too much. I had no problem with any I, of that. I never, I usually don't Several in situations. Several people I saw it with, and I, I, my mom and my sister and I went for, she wanted to go for her birthday. I was like, mm-hmm. you want to go see a Superman movie? She said, yeah. So we went for her birthday, and they got, we were supposed to go to IMAX, and mm-hmm. we ended up not. So I still have not seen it in IMAX. Um, and I guess I won't now. Mm-hmm. Too late. Thanks, Pacific Rim. But, um, yes. Thank you, Pacific Rim. <laughs> I did not see that in IMAX either. But, uh, I I had no problem with any of that, and sometimes that stuff gets to me. Yeah, it, the motion. It never it does. Not. It never gets to me, and I and I never felt sick or headache. I just felt like I can't see what's going on. Stop. Stop Wh- where, moving around. Where the the flying fight, dude? I'll tell you this. Remember, remember when you saw the Walmart screening? Yeah, and I did too. Yeah. Beforehand, he's like in the council room of Krypton. There's a lot of neat things in the background. Look for him. I can't because you're standing completely still, but you can't apparently, uh, apparently I, I'm not going to make the, I'm going to cut this out, but I want to say apparently they gave Michael J. Fox the camera. Um, oh. I know that's horrible, but apparently someone was just kind of sitting there and there's like, shake it more, shake it more, you know? And, and they're not, they're in a scene that doesn't require that type of frenetic motion. And I've never been a fan of the shaky cam kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, but anyhow, let's talk about what I know we loved completely and utterly outside of the music, which I, I mean, <sighs> years ago, Derek, it was two years ago when we were talking about this, that whoever did it was in a darn if you do, darn if you don't situation. Hans Zimmer nailed it. Drums. Piano. Vincent Violin. And a little bit of electric guitar. Yeah. Mostly drums. Mostly drums. And just a score that Because you, you know what I want now? What's that? I want it to be... A, I don't care if the rest of the film is. I want the score to be nominated for an Academy Award. Mm-hmm. And I want 20 drummers up there on the stage at the Oscars oh, performing. yes. That would be amazing. Um... We love the music. I stand by the fact that I love the music, and I, and I stand by the fact that Hans Zimmer succeeded in doing what I thought no one would be able to do, and that is do a score for a Superman movie that, that left you that didn't leave you thinking, "Oh, I wish they'd use Williams' music." Did you have in the past been very um, anti the Dark Knight theme, Batman theme? Right. You say he doesn't have a theme. Right. He I'm has no his that. his theme is b- 
Batman. Does Superman have a theme? Um. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what is it? It's it's that. Uh, um, it's that the four, flight. It's that four or five note. Yeah, it's that four or five note thing because it keeps. Yeah, and and he does it in such a way. That, yeah. And it just, it worked. Everything worked. It's not as distinct, of course, as the John Williams theme. And John Williams theme well, will always march, be epic. You, know, you don't have those as right, much anymore. Right, right. But it, it works. The music for this this movie worked. The other thing... I, I'll tell you, Iron Man 3 theme, during the end credits of that movie, mm-hmm. I hope they use again for him. Because I felt like he finally had a theme. Because, you know, I love I loved Iron Man 1. Yeah. But that was one I can remember us talking about. That was one of our big complaints. There's no he There's doesn't. No that's a superhero without a theme. Well, the last I mean, it was it was it wasn't until Captain America came out that I'm like, oh, here's a theme, you know? Yeah, because Thor didn't have one. Thor didn't really have one. The Hulk had one, but it wasn't that memorable, you know. The, well, that's the thing. The big thing I took away from the Hulk soundtrack is, oh my gosh, he used that music um, for like a measure. The other thing I loved and. And I'm interested to hear you really talk about this. I have no idea what you're about to say, so this is fun. I absolutely loved and will never change the fact that I loved Krypton in this movie. I adored Krypton. It, uh, uh One of my favorite characters in the whole movie was Laura. Mm-hmm. And she had like four lines. Yeah. And have you seen the how it should have ended? Yes. What, what did you just put in the ship? Oh, it just carries my conscience with him so I can be with him all the days of his life. What did you make one for me? What did, oh, I'm sorry. Science doesn't work on <laughs> women or something. Yeah, just, why can't I have one? Um, the first thing, I just, the first thing I thought, you know, because it opens with the with the heart monitor, it opens with him being born as he cries that, that creature on the, on the planet, whatever that thing is bellows the, the randor beast when he when he belts out i was already tearing up i was just like dude i had tears in my eyes we weren't five seconds into the <laughs> well i didn't have yet. tears in my eyes but i got excited i'm like there's life on krypton oh yeah there's like animals and, yes they're and they're stuff. like this planet was had more than just people in crystal houses and again don't ever take anything that i would say listeners not you Derek but listeners don't ever take anything I would say that seems to be negative about the Donner Superman into the Smallville as as this I did not like it and I like this I'm just saying that after years of that being kind of the representation of Krypton to see something that was more akin to what they did in the animated series because I like Krypton in the animated series um, to see something that where you see the life not just the the humanoid life, but there's animals and plants and water and the, 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 the galaxy. Citadel, just the architecture. Yes. Too. Yes. The galaxy is losing something when this planet is destroyed. Yeah. No, I, I, you know, I'm not a huge Russell Crowe proponent either, but I, I thought he did. Oh. Uh, except for when he was showing off by opening and closing doors, which I thought was a little corny. <laughs> With his little hand. Fling, using the force. Fling. Yeah. 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 Um, I loved Krypton. Um, I, I think, and I haven't talked to you about this. I haven't talked to anybody about this, but the technology that was used, the mm-hmm. the heart monitor, and when he shows, uh, Kal-El the Krypton moving images. Yeah, yeah. And the 
the um, the world the world engine. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just kept there going Brainiac. Brainiac yes, Brainiac. yes. Bra- especially the world engine. I was like Brainiac. Yes. I was like, are we not going to talk about this? Is it we setting up sequel or what? Because I, you know, Brainiac, Brainiac, Brainiac. Mm-hmm. Every time, every time something would morph, I was like, Brainiac. Yeah. The technology on Krypton is all Brainiac. Well, and those little those little things they would use the 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 what yeah. was Kalex and yeah, those things reminded me of in I want to say the Silver Age he had things the robots like, at the fortress yeah the robots yeah, at the fortress and that's what they were named too okay yeah and yeah. I uh, I mean I can't gush enough about Krypton I'm not a big fan of the whole Codex the way the Codex was like some weird scrawling on a skull um, but I understand you know I mean alright what else were they going to use a crystal no they weren't going to do that at all so let's use this thing whatever this happened whatever I mean, that skull I, I is I kind of dig that the whole thing is inside of him oh like, I know I'm not talking like, about that I'm he, talking about the item that was the Codex oh the skull yeah and I want to know where yeah. who was that? What was you know? I don't know. I like the culture of Krypton. I like the fact that Jarrell and Lara were basically breaking the law by having a child naturally. Yeah. You know. We've had a we've had a child, Dodd. a boy child. Heresy. <laughs> <laughs> a boy child. Heresy. Um, and we haven't uh, really talked about Michael Shannon Zod. You know, he didn't really frighten me. But I, I believed him. Yes. I wasn't really scared of him, but, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't. I kept, I keep, I, this is the thing, and, and, and here's the problem. I sit there and compare everything to everything else that mm-hmm. I know yeah, in yeah. franchise history. So I'm sitting there, it's like, okay, is he Terrence Stamp or is he Callum Blue mm-hmm. or is he something from the comics? Or I'm like, no, he's his own thing. You've got to quit comparing to things. You've got to stop making Kevin Costner and Glenn Ford one of the same. <laughs> and, you know, I keep going back to the well and stuff like that over and over again. But I, I, I dug it. You know who stole the show? Was Feora. You think so? Stole the whole movie. Why do you say that? Well, that and all the people from Smallville that ended up in the movie. Yes. Yes. Like Dr. Emil? Meet Dr. Emil. Right. This is weird. Um, I was like, did you people who cast this movie know that this is happening? <laughs> There's a good chance no they didn't. No. There were and that's not it. There were a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Like eight or ten. Were that were, many? Yeah. I only counted four. If you include Amy right. as well. That's did you point. include Amy? Yeah. In your four? Mm-hmm. There were a few. Okay. Um maybe not maybe not ten, but I six, seven, eight, something like that. But <laughs> Anyway. Nine. Okay, ten. Nine. We're going to say ten. Ten banana cream pies. (laughs) Um, Were we back to Krypton? No, we were on Zod. Zod, Um, yeah. Or Krypton. uh, Feora. Mm -hmm. Stole the show. Why do you say that? Just because you liked her? It's not even that. I mean, how... A, it was just so cool to not have an over-sexualized female villain mm-hmm. to me. They didn't just, like, sex up somebody, uh, you know, a girl, for the sake of doing it. I mean, she just, she was a soldier, and she held her own, and she was a little B.A. Right, She's right. a lot B.A. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, she threw it down in the IHOP. Mm-hmm. No Pete uh, Ross. Old fat Pete Ross. Old fat Pete Ross. Uh, comic lesson for all of you. One day he'll marry the girl he was yelling at on the bus, and then he'll be vice president. Mm-hmm. If they if they go by that continuity, they probably won't. Kidding. Yes, if they go by that continuity, they won't. Because we didn't even get Lex, although we got a lot of Lex Corp. Mm-hmm. Like from trucks to the building to trucks. Why was he hitchhiking? To be more like Bill Bixby. But he was already in Smallville. How far is that is that graveyard from the Kent Farm? Why was he hitchhiking on a LexCorp truck? I don't know. Maybe he didn't realize he had super speed. Walk. What? <laughs> It's your, called Smallville. Your, your feet are gonna get tired. <laughs> Just walk across the field. Uh, you know the thing I did like, and I've seen nobody talk about. We got telescopic vision. Yes, yeah. There was some when cool he was things. looking at the ship. I I didn't like that we did not see super speed unless he was flying. Mm-hmm. The only time we we saw super speed was when uh, Feora was on the ground mm-hmm. punching everybody. Well, and then he dashed when the when the jets were coming in. He dashed out of the but way. But see, he was flying. Oh, okay, I thought he was running he, there. Well, he no, he lifted off and was flying. Okay. So I would have liked to see him a little clock I, running around. I didn't like if you're going to nitpick stuff like that, and I agree. I mean, you know, not criticizing that. I, I I don't necessarily like the destructive way he takes off every time he takes off somewhere and lands. He's working on it. Day I one. Know. I know, I know, but I, you know. Although, I'm sorry, but one another one of my favorite parts of the movie, you might want to step back a little bit. Yes. Maybe a little, a little bit, bit further, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I He's working come, on it. I want to come back. Own it. I want to come back to Michael Shannon's Zod. Yeah, okay. Um, I said this, and, and, I, and it bears repeating. With, with General Zod, with Terrence Stamp General Zod, always going to be iconic to those of us who grew up watching that movie and always going to be special and, and always going to have a bit of scariness about him to all of us and but this zod was a lot more of a rich tapestry of a character than that zod he was an onion he was he was because he was a parfait because you saw the relationship that he and jarrell had a little bit in their dialogue you saw that you know he was that thing where they say you know a good everyone always says this i don't know if i necessarily agree with it but everyone says a good villain doesn't see himself as the villain and and he didn't. He saw himself as doing his right duty for Krypton. That's yeah. a duty. Um, and he well, he his salt. He was bred for a reason. Mm-hmm. That was why he was bred. And then to see the reason he's now going after Superman, the reason he's going after Kal El now is because Kal El has destroyed his chances of preserving the Kryptonian race. And as far as he knows, the and as far as we all know, pe- the good of my people. Yeah. And, and now I have no people. Yes, and but he almost chokes up while he's saying that. You know he he's not he's not all about bow nil yield. He's he's like this is what I'm called meant to do. And though he's doing it wrong, you know I don't know. It it was really I say I don't know. I do know. It, it just to me it added so much to that character that. That even in the comics, I've never really seen. And I, I enjoyed that portrayal. They, 
there there are times where they you could tell they intentionally they were intentional about writing this movie and sometimes for the better sometimes not for the better zod was one of those things that was for the better they're like let's have something that's not just going to be world domination zod that there be a reason all this goes on and takes place and happens you know in his in what's going on with him and to set the, to set up Krypton the way they did and the way that the Kryptonian society worked it just played right into that so that it comes back around full swing at the end. And I, I loved I loved General Zod. I loved Krypton. I did enjoy Russell Crowe's Jor-El. Um, punch that wall. Or <laughs> strike that panel. Strike that panel. <laughs> you can save them. You can save all of them. And this... And then, of course, the line that, you know, they will chase after you. They'll stumble and fall. One day they'll join you in the sun. This leads me into some stuff I've been thinking about lately is, is that someone had texted it's me. It's about to get deep here, folks. Well, someone had texted me and talked, and they were talking about, well, it was Riley Blanton from the Star Wars Report. He, he texted me and he was talking about this news that came out at Comic-Con and how I was excited for it. And I gave him my reaction. And... And so it, we're we're like minded, and and it led into a discussion about uh, the character of Superman and, and and whether or not people trust the character of Superman and and where this thing was going. And I said, you know, I always I got to where I'd taken this whole idea of they will stumble, they will fall, but in time they will join you in the sun. I kind of took that almost as a thing from the writers, like we have kind of a direction we want to go with a franchise, and though you may stumble right now in what's going on you'll join us in the sun. You're going to see some amazing things for this character and, and, and for the life of this character. The way this movie ended, and you said it from the time they're standing at the grave, and she says, well, what are you going to do now that you know when you're not saving the world? Yeah, that is a flawless film. Everything from that scene to the Yes, end. yes. And the, the fact that this was as much a Clark Kent origin story as it was a Superman origin story is something I walked away with completely satisfied with. Well, we were the guys that loved the shirt rip. Yes. I love the shirt rip. I love seeing the S reveal. I love it. It, it. It's one of the most iconic things to me from my childhood, from mm-hmm. his earliest memories. It makes me feel like a kid whenever I see the shirt rip. I don't care if it's Brandon Routh running down the alley doing it. I don't, you know, I don't who it is. Mm-hmm. If, if it's Tom Welling doing it in the finale of Smallville, if it's a panel from a comic, mm-hmm. I love the shirt rip. That being said, I love the glasses coming on. The yes, back. yes. I, I, t- I and they have... totally turned me on. Turned it on its head and did the exact same yes. thing. But it made it Clark. Like we had Superman the whole movie. Mm-hmm. We had Superman on the boat. We had Superman on the oil rig. We we started off with Superman. Yes. And in the end, we got Clark. Well, I think I might have said this to you the night we talked about it on the phone, is that I love the fact that for 10 years, we waited for him to put on the suit. Yeah. And in this movie, for two and a half hours, we were just we're waiting, waiting on him to put, put on, on the, the glasses. glasses. Love it. And I, I mean, seriously, those last few seconds, I was like... <laughs> And if nothing else, but for those last that last moment, it made me want to revisit this character in this world as soon as possible. To see Quicker, where this faster. character, yeah, to see more intense. To see where this Sunday, char- Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, to see where this character would go, to see where the supporting cast would go, to see the adventures of Superman. 
Yeah. And on the big I'm, I'm screen. Gonna, I'm going to tell you, best last line of a movie ever. Welcome to the planet. And just when he realizes what that means. Yeah, glad to be here, Lois. I love that he calls her Lois. I know it's her name, but I just like the I like the tagging the sentence with her name. Yes. That is I mean, classic perfect. Superman. It was the perfect ending to mm-hmm. that film. Yeah. My my friend Michael, you know Michael, mm-hmm. asked me a couple of weeks ago. He we were talking about the movie again because he knew I had some strong feelings on it, both good and bad. Yeah. And he said, "Here's here's my problem." He said, "He said they're doing a sequel." And I said, "Yeah, they're they're going to do one." He's like, um, "And mind you, this is two three weeks ago, not this past weekend when we were having this conversation." Uh, and by this past weekend, I mean Comic Con. I mean this was a while back. He said, "So what what are they what are they going to do?" And I was like, "Well, I don't, you know, I don't know." I said, "They set up a lot of Lex Luthor stuff, and you know, we may go down that road a little bit." And he said, "Well, he said I just don't." I don't see what they can do. And so what do you mean? He said, well, you know, Avengers kind of, he said, basically we got the same thing that we had in Avengers. And I said, what do you mean? He said, we had a big machine screwing stuff up in the city and a bunch (laughs) of aliens running around and you had six of them fighting them down. And and, then this, you had just Superman fighting them down. He said, he said, and he said, that was pretty massive on a worldwide scale. I mean, they were terraforming earth. He was like, how do you get bigger than that and make it matter to where it's just not crazy for Superman? Mm-hmm, you know, he said, mm-hmm. I understand there's different things you can do in the Marvel Universe with different characters, different backgrounds, but he said, you just got Superman here. How are you going oh, to outdo what they did? And then this weekend happened. Well, here's how I would have responded to him. How did you respond? I said, I think there's a few different things they can do. And I said, I think introducing his greatest threat, which is Lex Luthor, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. can can bring a different type of danger than what Zod and the Kryptonians brought with the world engines. Yeah. The, to me, there's something about saying we start out big. Well, look what, I'm, you know, I always go back to this, and I haven't really mentioned it in this in this episode, so here we go. Look at what they did with Star Wars. In the original trilogy, you had this big, story granted it was about luke and all but you had this big fight against empire when you hit empire it kind of bottlenecks and and it's more character driven and everything it it, i saw in my mind's eye you have a lex luther who's able to step up and begin to denounce this alien that everyone seems to love yeah and all the things that everyone has complained about all the death and destruction all of this stuff that he's able to step up as a character in the movie and say, "Look what he allowed to happen." Mm-hmm. How can he say he's good? He, How can he, he say he's our one savior? Of his own. Who's yeah. to say he won't turn on us? Yes, Lex Luthor steps up and does that. This was pointed out to me by our friend Kim upon like her twentieth time watching this thing. Zod, when he kind of takes flight and sheds his armor, is apparently either on top of or very near that Lex Corps tower. She said that to me too, and I. I don't know that I I see that. There's no construction going on at that building. I didn't think so either. But the point is this: it opens. That's when he runs into the sign and says zero. Yeah, how many days since the worksite injury? (laughs) My point is this: is whether that's on the LexCorp tower or not, it's in Metropolis. Who better to find that armor and start to try to reverse engineer it or use it to make some type of I don't know battle suit? Yeah. Than Lex Luthor or. 
you find him there's the whole idea of metallo there's the whole idea of brainiac there's there's the whole idea of even just parasite or something like that coming into play at the hands of or or, or through the machinations yeah, of yeah it doesn't necessarily have to be a threat to the world as long as it's a threat to superman a threat to superman and a threat to the people superman cares about yeah. their metropolis as he's tried as he's worked hard to rebuild it and then but. and then this week happens <laughs> And Let's just go on and say it. I'm I'm not happy. I'm I don't think I'm happy either. Will my and butt be? In, I saw, and I got I got yelled at by some people by saying this. I've not said it out loud until just now. I, um, except to Riley Blanton. And there could be some people that don't know this. Zack Snyder took the stage at the Warner Brothers panel. Oh Comic-Con my God! Can set. I just I just want to say I saw the video you posted. Yeah. And for a brief moment, I was totally in. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna explain why I'm not in it. And why I could be in it mm-hmm. if they would just do one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Zack Snyder takes the stage, yada yada yada. Superman and Batman, world's finest, whatever. <laughs> um, the Superman logo for Man of Steel fills the screen, and then the bat symbol comes in behind mm-hmm. it. And I'm not even a big fan of that bat symbol. It's the, kind of the Frank Miller bat symbol from The Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, so they're like, "Yes, we're doing a Man of Steel sequel with Batman." Mm-hmm. And the and the inspiration for this is the Dark Knight Returns, and immediately I'm I'm like I'm watching Twitter, and I'm like raising my hand. I'm like, excuse me, I have a question all the way over here in Mississippi. I'd like Mr. Snyder to answer it, please. You're doing a Man of Steel sequel, a Man of Steel sequel, and the inspiration of that is a story is a Batman story, which Superman is featured, written by somebody who who admittedly does not like Superman. Mm-hmm. Frank Miller does not like Superman. In one of the most poorly characterized versions of Superman. And you're going to pit them against each other in a Man of Steel sequel. This is a two-part question. Part two being, Homeboy just got his own trilogy. Can my boy get at least one more film on his own Mm -hmm. before you start having to throw DC's crutch in? Yeah. Well, I'm fine with this if they will not call it a Man of Steel sequel. Yeah. Yeah. If you will say we are doing a Superman and Batman World's Finest film, and it happens to have Henry Cavill and Amy Adams, and Lawrence Fishburne in it again, just call it World's Finest. Just call it World's Finest, and I tell you what: after that, go back and do Man of Steel too. Mm-hmm. If you will stop calling it a Man of Steel sequel and do and and I'm sorry, I'm not saying do what Marvel's doing, but if you'll if you'll retool what you're thinking a little bit, this does not have to be. This does not have to be a Man of Steel sequel. It doesn't. You can you can do what you want to do. That's great, but it does not have to be Man of Steel two, right? Which it won't be. I'm right. sure it will be something else. And I'm assuming they're gonna. I would think they'd be pretty stupid to not call it World's Finest. They, and I hope they do because I hope that differentiates it a little bit from Man of Steel. Yeah. Because you know what? I mean, they did. You know, you had Thor and you had Captain America and then you had Avengers and now you're getting Thor two and Captain America two. Right. You right. can have a team-up movie and then get to do a sequel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's no problem with that. Um, I, DC uses Batman as a crutch, dude. They do. Well, here's the thing. and I know what it is, and it's like, it's going to make gangbusters. Yes. Oh, like I say, I'll be there. Oh, opening night. I will be there. Yeah, I'll be there. Hand <laughs> over fist. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. Yes, exactly, exactly. And I'm dis. I'm, I'm still. I mean, the the eight year old in me is going, you know, yep. just jumping up and down. Well, I'm telling you, I but, saw that clip and I'm like, oh. 
But the 28, and to hear that crowd just go mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. But the 28-year-old, of he's going, could we not? Yes. It just it made 700 million on its own, mm-hmm. and still going strong. Can we? Can, do we have to go back to Batman that's, already? That's what I meant to bring up. Is is yeah. the is the is the, uh, is the total money made? Because the last time I thought it was like 693. Yeah, I don't mean to call out um, Riley again, um, but one of the things he said he was talking about how. Because this is this is my point. I, to me, this shows me that Warner Brothers, DC, whoever, though they say Superman is a, Zack Snyder has said Superman is the crown jewel. It seems to me they don't trust the character Superman to carry his own franchise. And I said that, and it was said, well, Batman's the more popular of the two characters. And I'm like, no, I disagree with that. Superman is a character that has lasted, you know, for a little bit longer, albeit just a few years longer than Batman. He is he's a character that still to one. this day next year is Batman's seventy fifth anniversary. Okay, one year longer. Yeah. They've been around about the same amount of time. Superman has had as much TV, cartoon, whatever, as Batman. The the truth of it is, though, is the the number two most recognizable logo in the world is the S Shield. Just behind the cross and recognizability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that tells me that Superman has an appeal on a broader scale than Batman. And it's a generational thing. And what happens is people find out that it's cool to like Batman. And so they begin to kind of spew the same thing that everyone says that, that is cool. And understand something. I like Batman. That's the thing. It's just because I like Superman doesn't mean I can't like Batman too. No, you can like both. My thing is, is I trust this character to be able to carry his own franchise and lead into some of these other things. And what I'm seeing is Warner Brothers doesn't. And I also see this is for what it is, a blatant money grab. This movie's going to make $3 billion. Mm-hmm. It's going to end up... I mean, it could potentially, unless they just royally mess it up, it could potentially be the highest-grossing film of all time because it's something that we've wanted to see for a long time. However, there was so it's much... It's never been done. Right. There was Ever. so much set up, though, in the last two those minutes. Last 30 of seconds. Of St- they yes. did so much in those last 30 seconds, but now I feel like we're not going to get any of it. I don't see how we're going to get to see the interaction in the planet. I don't see how we're going to get to see a Lex Luthor develop. I don't see how we're going to get to do Well, I see stuff. the Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. I still think Batman, I still think they're going to make Batman the villain in this. The, the pros I have for this thing are we're not going to have to sit through a, a full on origin story Batman movie. <laughs> Thank God. Um, I know, mean, just get some psychotherapy, kid. How much more do we have to sit through? The if they can pull in, and I and I mean this, I, he doesn't listen to this podcast at all. I don't think, and so I'm not saying this trying to kiss up to anybody or anything. I say this, my full on true opinion. If they will look and really consider and do something closer to the what uh, what Brian Q. Miller has done with Batman in the Smallville comic. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be wonderful, and I think it'll set up a, a a character that's more friendly to, you know, more able to to morph into a Justice League. But they'll probably try to go the Grant Morrison route or the, you know, God forbid they go the Frank Miller route. That's probably where most of my disappointment lies. Yeah, is that they 
it's fine to make Batman the villain, but don't don't make your inspiration a Batman story that features Superman, right. where the author hates Superman. Well, and there's so many other better places to go. Like I would have said this. And was, first of all, we just we just did that story. Mm-hmm. We just had a movie about it, and it wasn't very good. The Dark Knight Returns, the stuff? animated one. I thought they were done very well. I loved part one. I hated part two. Okay, I thought it was done very well. Um, my thing is, I, I I know what they were doing. They were trying to get dude to read a quote that everyone would immediately recognize. Mm-hmm. The problem is, no one in that room recognized it. I've I've heard a few videos from different perspectives mm-hmm. where people are reciting it along with oh. him or saying oh my god oh my god it's dark night returns well the one i watched you didn't really hear much at all until that yeah. logo came up um the the thing is if to me if you want to do a superman batman you you need to take your inspiration from jeff Loeb's superman batman mm-hmm. because that the 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 narration was done with clark and bruce's thoughts yeah. And you see what they think of one another. And and you see that there is a tension between them, but it's a tension built on method, not a disrespect or a dislike distrust. of one another. Yeah, or a distrust at all. And I understand they're going to do the kind of the Marvel thing probably where these guys are going to duke it out and then realize, oh, we're on the same side and then start to fight together. But I swear by all that's holy, I don't want to see Batman get the upper hand on Superman. I don't either, especially in a what you continue to call a Superman sequel. Mm-hmm. Here is my hope. It ends up becoming Superman and Batman against Luther mm-hmm. in the end of the film. Oh, sure. You know, I'm fine with them being at odds for a while. But if it's the fourth act and they're still fighting... Mm-hmm. Or if they leave on shaky ground Unless it's just balls to the wall, awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, going to have to be amazingly awesome. Or something. I'll tell you the other pro is that David Goyer is writing. Um, yeah, but he also wrote Dark Knight Returns. No. That was the Nolan brothers wrote The Rises. Goyer didn't have a hand in, in uh, Rises? Not as much as all? he did in Batman Begins. Okay. And, and I, I think that for... The, the cinematic. I, you know, that's my favorite one of the three is Begins. Me too. And I think. And that, Rises is my least favorite. Me too. Because Rises has all the plot holes. Well, and Rises just has the least believable storyline. I, I just didn't like Batman in, in that. But anyhow. There wasn't Batman. There was two was, scenes. Exactly. Batman was. I'm sorry, I was painting the bat in gasoline. Can you just call it Bruce Wayne Rises? Because there was no Batman in that movie. Let's not stand on pretense, Mr. Wayne. I mean, seriously, let's learn from our mistakes I, and go the opposite route. There better be two scenes of Bruce Wayne in this one. Yes. And Batman all the rest of the time. I do have a question. What did you use to paint that fiery bat? <laughs> That's amazing, Dorothy. Why did you waste eight hours doing well, that? <laughs> you could have easily defeated me in that time. <laughs> you know the bomb went off in 12 <laughs> hours and you used eight of them to light up. Bat on fire. You know, you would have had to use that autopilot if you would have just stopped light painting that stupid bat. Darth Vader breathing, Darth Vader breathing. I, uh, idiot. Idiot. 
No How did you get here anyway? <laughs> Where did you come from? Well. Anyhow. I think David Goyer right plus. I think that, uh, but I, I'm glad when when you texted me about having not texted you, and and I and I realized that we were on the same page about this. I was so glad because for for the longest time I felt like I'm just kind of as I always do when I start reading stuff and people's reaction stuff on Twitter. Just felt like I was floating out here alone. Yeah, I know. I saw people and they were like. Oh, the Smallville people are mess are pissed off that Batman's going to be insane. I was like, no, I'm not a Smallville person. I'm a Superman person. Thank you very much. And I don't need bats in my Superman sequel. Yeah, I'm fine with him in there, but you got to word it differently, folks. Mm-hmm. You, you, it is all in presentation. And the way you presented this to me at Comic Con was, yes, you were getting a Man of Steel sequel in 2015. Oh, and Batman's in it. And this is the and this is the flavor we're going for. And and I don't think that they're going to adapt or... And I think maybe you helped kind of clear this up because I don't know that I'd seen the video yet. I don't... I understand they're not going to be adapting. No, it's not an adaptation. It's just an inspiration. Right. And, and that's kind of... Kind of the same of, way that I think All-Star Superman was a little bit of an inspiration for... Her birthright was yes. a little bit of an inspiration for Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. I, but I do, I don't know. I just, I feel like you use the term crutch, and I think that's a good term. It is. But I don't. You just had. We're not even two years out from the last mm-hmm. film. Came out in 12? Yeah, yeah, last year. So 2015, it'd be three years, yeah. and he's in another movie. Yeah. And I get that, you know. That scene where the ground crumbles around Superman and he's hovering. Oh my God, we didn't talk about the hovering. The hovering's so cool. Um, but you know that part I'm talking about mm-hmm. when they're in the office yeah. building, the heat vision yeah. goes off and the and the ground disappears and yep. he's just kind of, what's up? I'm here. Um, there's a poster in the background that says, "Keep calling, keep call, call the Batman. Batman." Yeah. And then there's the Wayne Tech yeah. satellite. So yeah, there is, I understand that there's a larger DC universe and and I'm good with that. I'm good with a Justice League movie done well. I'm good with this as long as it's world's finest and we and we're mm-hmm. building towards something else. Yeah. You know, well then the next thing, yeah, you know, I mean, might as well go ahead and, and round round it out. The the other thing that came out in the press release that was put out is that then there'll be a flash movie and then Justice League twenty seventeen, I think is what they said they're shooting yeah. for. So you're talking about in the same so where year. does that leave Wonder Woman and Green Lantern in the in the shuffle? I, I which somebody told me was it you who was telling me that they could really see if they presented Wonder Woman solely in the Justice League movie that she could really be the Steve Rogers of the Avengers. The, I could yeah, the, I, that it's might from have been, her perspective. I, I've either said something like that or heard something like that. I could totally see that, and I do think that if they can get their stuff together right with Wonder Woman, I think they're sitting on a successful thing. I just think it goes back to, I don't know that Warner Brothers knows how to treat superheroes. I think they still look at it and and they're just looking and they're trying to, like any good business would do, they're just trying to grab the money that's there and, and the creativity is not quite what it needs to be and, and maybe sometimes even the understanding because I do, I can't get away from the fact that I feel like there was an attempt in Man of Steel to try to make it, I don't, I don't even, more believable is the wrong thing, more relatable is the wrong word. Realistic. Even the, even that. I think the idea is, is I think 
rather than say, here's who the character is to us, I think they looked and said, here's what we think everyone kind of wants the character to be. Do you, you know, think they were just kind of placating? I do. I do think that that's what they were attempting to do, as evidenced by all the punching, which was awesome. Don't get me wrong, but I did. The first time I was watching that movie, I'm like, well, this is just seems to be a reaction to everyone's criticisms of, retur- of returns. I'm losing myself here. Careful there. Yeah. And so... Um, yeah, I mean, it was the antecedent to mm-hmm. Returns. Yeah. It was everything Returns was And wrong. what's so funny is is now... Uh, this is why I feel like you can't try to play to your critics, and even your fans sometimes, is because you're going to end up with... You're going you're gonna to listen to the vocal minority and love him or hate him. And again, I go back to what I always go back to. And love the prequels or hate the prequels. George Lucas did it his way. And, you know, even with that vocal fan base that was out there talking about, you know, how much they hated things, here there was too much listening to some of that, I think. And they're like, all right, we'll give you all the punch. And you could say, well, he did too much punch and he was too violent. Well, that's what you wanted. What I really think what people want is just Superman, you know? But how do you make Superman not boring for the legions of people who call him boring but want Batman? I I think I think you give a good, I think this story was the perfect story to tell. I think it was a great story. I think the story itself was engaging. I think that the the everything I think everything about this story. I think that I'll be honest with you, I think that had in that last final scene that, you know, the final battle that all told, you know, was a was a 45 minute or so situation. I think if they'd have taken eight to ten minutes of that to show Superman actively save one or two people that were not Army or Lois. Yeah, I mean, really all we got was Lois or the guy that fell out of the helicopter. Yeah, and I think had you seen, had had they had they done gone a little bit further to show Superman doing some feats of actually saving some people in the midst of the battle, I think that would have gone a long way to satisfy people yeah. because you would have gotten that personal touch. Yeah. And, and I think that some of the, the, the criticisms would have been quelled because, like I say, I go back to the Avengers. Much property damage, many lives lost. But you did get those moments where you got to see, and usually it was just in, in all situations, it was pretty much Captain America stepping in to help the civilians directly, you know, and, and focus in on the. And I think that, and to me, dude, I really think more than trying to make the character relatable, it's those type of things that become the touchstone for the audience. Yeah. Because we all realize that were we in this, we would not be Superman. <laughs> we would be the people trying to get out of harm's way. And so now we I'd are... I'd like to think if I was trapped in everything, you'd be the Perry trying to get me out. Well, and, and I would. You know, and and then I would hold your hand as the gravity wave gets as closer. As we're gonna die. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I close my eyes and I open them again. There's Steve just running away. Steve, <laughs> <laughs> not not running far. Then I just walked back to y'all. I breath I was like, I was going to try, but there's just no chance. I just, I'm sorry, we're going down together. <laughs> I want to die with you now, Fanny. <laughs> jerk, you big jerk. And then it cuts off. It's like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean any of that. <laughs> Right to live together now. <clears throat> but um, if, the, if only there was 
somebody I could talk to. Oh, somebody the how it should have ended. You mean like a priest? Yeah. No, not like a priest. Like a wait a minute, my dad, my 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 space dad. Yeah. Um, but I do. I think I think that that would. <laughs> oh yeah, Zod's a bad dude. Here's what you got to do. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would have gone a long way to satisfy a lot of uh, a lot of folks. Um, you know, just because again, I I think people want a personal Superman. You know, there's something about, even though it's a criticism and even though people make fun of the, you know, the Boy Scout and the morality and the always doing the right thing, there's something about a Superman that'll save the world and then turn around on his way home and get your cow out of a tree. Yeah. And, and I think from Mark Wade right on to the most vocal critics on the internet, that's what they want. And I think that's what they would have had the opportunity to get in a sequel without Batman. And that's where some of my disappointment comes in because honestly, it's it's gonna have to be just complete nailed to the wall action with a Batman Superman movie or Superman Batman movie. Yeah, it'll have to be. But I really, I really just hope it's. They're not gonna call it Man of Steel two. Yeah. So, whatever they call it, I hope that it's in in terms of marketing, it's more towards a. Superman Batman yeah. film than uh and unfortunately I don't know they could call it World's Finest. Well maybe they could. I mean I think they could. Yeah. I think that's just I think the in natural this world thing. they've set up of the Dark Knight and Man of Steel that's and Batman true. Begins, it could be called World's Finest. Yeah. I'd love to see that. Not I'd... that that's the same Batman from those films, Mm-mm. but No, but it's the but the idea that I mean, gosh, the only superhero movie right now that the sequels actually just have a number is like Iron Man 2 and Iron Man Mm -hmm. 3. Even Avengers now is Avengers Age of Ultron. Yeah, I mean, Captain America, Winter Soldier. Yeah, Thor, the Dark World. So Iron Man's really the only one getting the the numbers. But it it begs the question, Steve. Who do you want to wear the cowl now? Of Batman? Yeah. No, of Superman. Yes, of Batman. Um, Of Bob Dylan. Hey, hey, of the Batman Troubadour. Um, <laughs> uh, I I don't know. I heard someone say John Hamm. I think he's a little too old to step into oh, a franchise. Yeah. yeah, I love John Hamm, but he's he's they're gonna go younger. Yeah. Um, I'd love to see John Hamm as a Harvey Dent, though. That'd be great. Can you just? I mean, I think that'd Five be amazing. Five years ago, John Hamm would have been a great Superman. Yep. Yep. Um. I don't know. I mean, I. To you me, think they'll go unknown? I, you know, you can't say that anymore. Why? I. Just because, though, I would say, yeah, they should probably go with an unknown. You know, they'll they'll turn around and cast Christian Bale. You know, who, granted, wasn't like this huge, I guess, household name, but he wasn't necessarily an unknown either. You know, Henry Cavill was less known and less prominent than Christian Bale was when Christian Bale stepped into. Uh, Batman Begins. So, I don't know. I mean, I... I still want Brian Cranston for Lex Luthor. Did you see what Rosenbaum tweeted about that? Yeah, that he wants to be Lex? I was like, I think I think he was just messing around. I think that was just Rosenbaum being... Um, I still kind of subscribe to... I would at least like to see it. I don't know that I want him there, but I'd like to see what he could do. Arnie Hammer. Yeah, a lot of people are saying Arnie Hammer. Um... I would like to see what he could he would do with the character. Well, he was the one he was cast when they were going to do that Justice League mm-hmm. abomination yeah. back in a few years ago. Yeah, and uh, at that point, at that time, I wasn't familiar with him. I hadn't seen the Lone Ranger. 
Um, I haven't seen it either. Uh, you know, I've, I've saw what he, what he did in the social network. I've seen yeah. what he can do in a few other things. I, I, I think he could bring some, I think he could bring something different to the role. Well, here's, I think, I think it depends on writing. I guess Snyder's going to be directing. I mean, was it you and me or was it, it may have been Brian, Brian Q. Miller on our show saying, you know, for everything that, you know, Keaton brought pain, mm-hmm. but Bell brought anger. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I'd like to see something different now. I, you know, and, and you just wonder what Batman they're going to go with. Are they going to go with, you know, the Grant Morrison always seven steps ahead of everybody Batman? Or are they going to go with, um, you know, more along the line of the tortured, can't deal with anything in his life Batman? I mean, just just do what Brian Q. Miller did. Just just develop detective. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, I don't need Barbara, but no, no. And I, I was, you know, but I was thinking about this. I'm, I'm kind of over, and, and I know we need to wrap it up. I'm kind of over this whole idea of, of Robin doesn't really work. You know, if they're gonna bring a Batman, uh, this is this would be my challenge to the next people who who use this Man of Steel sequel, not that it's a sequel, but, you know, this world's finest movie, to springboard into a Batman franchise after the Justice League or whatever, here's my challenge to you. Make Robin work. Because Robin is an essential part of the Batman mythos. And and down the line, when you get into the Batman family and that sort of thing, um, I really feel like that Robin can work. And, and, that, and if done well and done right that it can be believable and it doesn't have to be Chris O'Donnell. Um, you know, that it, that, that you can have a Dick Grayson who's taken under the, the wing, you know, and you can even set the story up a little bit different. So they're not necessarily strangers to one another, that sort of thing. Um, but I, you know, that's the thing that I think Marvel studios has done that I don't know that DC has necessarily done yet. And it, and it had, and, and because they haven't done it, it, it's paid off in things like the green lantern movie. Marvel has taken a few risks. You know, right from the start with Iron Man. I would call Green Lantern a risk. Well, I would call Green Lantern a risk in as much as it didn't pay off. But I don't think it, but I think they tried to do everything with as, when they said, we're going to make a Green Lantern movie, here's how we're going to do it. I think after that, they said, we're going to take as little risk as possible with everything else. Ryan Reynolds was, I mean, you know, he's a household name. I mean, like, had that movie been produced this year or been coming out this year it would have been Channing, T- Channing Tatum as Hal Jordan you know I'd really just like let's go ahead and make make him interest Elba and make him John Stewart for for Justice, Justice League, League movie. I, mean, I could see that but I'm just saying I think that Marvel from right from the get go with Robert Downey Jr. you know in Iron Man and starting off this whole thing with Iron Man of all people um, I think that was a risk on their part. I think this yeah. idea of doing Guardians of the Galaxy, and I think that that's what, though the big news to come out of Comic-Con is is Superman-Batman. I think what is going to end was. up generating it, it, as much discussion, if not more, is Guardians of the Galaxy, what? You know, yeah. I think that people are going to, and, and it's going to cause them to start to kind of look deeper into this this whole thing for Marvel, and I just, I think that Marvel has found the stride, and that 
and I think the, 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 the Warner Brothers is trying to figure out how do we get this cash cow, and rather than go about it creatively, they're trying to go about it with what they consider tried and true methods of studio work. Yeah. And, and that's disappointing. They will never go this route, but would you want it to be Joseph Gordon-Levitt? For Batman? <clears throat> um, I think, I mean, I think he could pull off a young Batman. I don't, I don't want him to do that. But I don't think, I'm like you, I don't would, think. They would do it where he was Blake. Yeah, but they Bruce Wayne. Right. If you're going to have this, it's got to be Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent. Yeah, and that's well, and they've said that you know the Nolan verse is done. Yeah, that's been said. So this is yeah. Well, this that's is the, the thing. Kind of worried. Nolan doesn't seem to be involved with this at all. Good. I, this, I think Nolan influenced a lot of Man of Steel. And I think he influenced maybe. And honestly, well, I don't know. You know the whole. I don't know. I mean, he was against the killing of Zod. I know, but then Zack Snyder had such a good comeback for that. You know what I mean? It's like, I think that... Because, no, I had the good comeback for that. I think that because of the Dark Knight, not even the Dark Knight Rises and not Batman Begins, I think that because of the Dark Knight, people give Nolan a lot more credit than he deserves. Now, hold on. Before you no, just take your hands you. off the home keys. Take your hands off the home keys. Don't email me. That is not sit, to, on your, sit on your hands. That is not to say he's not an incredible filmmaker. I love I've not seen a Christopher Nolan movie that I haven't enjoyed. Yeah. Um and, and I think he's an incredible filmmaker and an incredible mind. But I think that Nobody his, sold their sell, souls to the devil for the dark knight to work yeah, out the way it did. Well I mean it ooh, sorry. I no, I'm No, I heard the tone in your voice. I knew where that was going. Well, no, because I I was you about to say something no, I was about to say something I didn't need to say. Yeah, I know what you were about to say. I mean, anytime we're pretty like-minded. Yeah, that got sad. Anyway, it did um, get sad, but that's but sad. see, that's the thing though. There was there was more buzz about that movie because of the events five months earlier. Because, and I'm sorry, because gosh, so you saying somebody's going to have to die for the Superman? I, I have said that in private. <laughs> you know, I and and I don't mean to be too callous or uncaring about the situation you know i mean but honestly now heath ledger gave an incredible performance as joker but the fact that dark knight made so much money and did so well the studio did what they do well this man knows what he's doing you know which is just an evolution of the time you know everyone's heard the kevin smith story where they're like well you seem to know a lot about superman why don't you write something for us and and that's and that's where I go back to is 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 that when you hear that announcement and again I hear it and I'm and when I watch that video I'm like oh this is going to be amazing wait a minute I just I want to I want and here's everything that could go wrong with it yeah and I believe in Superman and I believe in the character and I know what he can be and and I know that is all the junk that people give him. There are very few people who say that I don't like Superman. That if you take Batman out of the equation, they love Superman. You yeah. know, they feel like it has to be some kind of competition, and it's not. And I guess that's what I want to say. It's not a competition, ladies and gentlemen. And if it is, Superman will just snap his neck. <laughs> I synced it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm. I want to make it clear. I'm not. 
mad they're doing this. It just disappoints me because I... If the last few seconds of Man of Steel hadn't been so perfect, I wouldn't be as disappointed. Exactly. But you did something so perfect in those final seconds, and you set up that world, and I wanted to see you know, Lane and Kent, reporters for the a Metropolitan Newspaper. I wanted to see Clark Kent duck into, a, duck into a storage room to change, for crying out loud. You know, with that suit, I don't know that we'll ever see that. No. Especially with that cape. Well, it... I don't know. Oh my god, that cape was so epic. You gotta suspend your disbelief. I'm pretty good at that. Um, but just, I, you know, I want to see Lois making excuses for Clark. I love that she knows. Yes. I love that yes. she knows. It's Like you said, I love her calling Clark mm-hmm. Clark in the suit. Well, Derek, any, any final thoughts just about the Man of Steel to wrap up? Uh, four out of five. Yeah. You know, here's the thing. If we were kids, oh, and we saw that like we saw the other ones when we were kids, yeah, we'd grow up having no problems with it. Mm-hmm. Just like we give those other four films a free pass, you know. That's, that's true. That's true. I, I, you know, I totally give Cellophane S a free pass. Mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. I grew up with it. It's what I know. I never understood it, but I never griped about but it. But you, but you don't question it, either. right? Right. It's just it's there and it happens and Superman blinks and the Great Wall of China comes back. Yeah, well. I, you don't well, question those things. Well, I did. I got to be honest with you. As a 10-year-old kid, You were a little bit older that. then. Yeah, you? I did. I'm like, what? I'll take, I'll take Zod point at someone in a beam coming out of his finger, but I don't know about this. Well, okay, for me, I was three when Superman 4 came out. Right. Um, but, you know, I grew up watching those. And if I grew up with Man of Steel, I would have no... You know, six years old, you're not thinking about people dying and all, and right. all, and all that rubble. Right. Well, I didn't think about it until I started reading people talk about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess they're oh, Yeah, I guess they're dead. They're dead, you know. <laughs> <laughs> all around you. Oh, um, no, back to that. Yep. Uh, Clap on. <laughs> Clap off. Whoop, um, whoa. <laughs> oh, oh, it just. Oh, Edna. Edna, check yes, the locks. Steve. Check the locks. Anyhow. Have you checked the children? There are no children here. There are no, ch- there are no children here. At least. Um, so that's my thing. It's, yeah. um, it's, it's what you. I got a lot of problems with Smallville. I do. I had, I had a ton of problems with Smallville. Mm-hmm. Um, I still loved it. I still love Man of Steel. Um, I took issue with a few choices, but overall, and and it's a weirdly paced movie, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, you had fantastic actors portraying fantastic characters that you know and love. And and the one thing, and this is another thing with the Superman-Batman thing, too, the franchise now exists. Yeah, yeah. So how pissed off can you be when it gets to continue? Yep, exactly. But I mean, I, you know, you and I have mutual friends that that one individual told me that they would not watch that movie again. Hmm. Wow. So it's it's all across the board. But yeah. at the end of the day, the franchise now exists and and it's moving forward. And I don't see it losing steam. The movie Man of Steel has done better 
than Batman Begins did in its run, has already done better than Batman Begins did in its run. And and it's not so far away removed from the release of Batman Begins that you have to look and say, well, you know, Time adjust for change. inflation and that sort of thing. It, it's, yeah. it's close I mean, enough. It bothers me that Man still has like a, what, 58% on Rotten, yeah, Rotten Tomatoes. Tomatoes. I mean, it's sad. But. Yeah, and, and, it, and it's right now it's the thing in the culture, in the pop culture community to either dog on or get behind, regardless. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it, it it it's done better numbers than Batman Begins. Batman Begins showed us that a movie that maybe didn't feel quite complete and quite right to start with can launch something amazing down the road yeah. in, into Dark Knight. And even for a lot of people, I know a lot of people don't have the problems that I have with Dark Knight Rises. I feel like I'm in the minority with that. And that's fine. I too. And uh, did you watch that movie? Yeah. Do you know yeah. all the problems? I mean, I could have, people could have died falling into the holes that that movie created. But, but at the end of the day, I... I come away it's super not a bad happy. Movie, it just right. It's weird. It's a weird movie. Yeah. At the end of the day, with Man of Steel, though, I say tighten up the editing a little bit, steady the camera, and and you've got a you've got a wiener. I think people were mad that Man of Steel wasn't the Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. I, you, I know that sounds confusing. No, but I, I totally I think, understand. What you're I think. I think people expected it to be the Dark Knight, mm-hmm. and you can't expect that. Mm-hmm. The next not, one not out of a first film. It's but on par, Man of Steel, I, I would say I enjoy Man of Steel as much as I did Batman Begins. Sure, definitely. If not more. Definitely. And Batman Begins is my favorite of that franchise. Definitely. So. And I'm sure everyone has stuff to sound off on with multiple parts of our discussion, so we invite you to do so at the email geekoutonline at gmail.com we promise not to spam you yes I do I've changed this password so I hope that'll work geekoutonline at gmail.com wrap and, up bye bye <clears throat> yes indeed we're also proud to announce a couple of things Derek that, uh, Are that, we? that you weren't yeah that you weren't really privy to but I'll now oh, make you privy thanks. to uh, you can find us on Stitcher at uh, stitcher.com what in the heck is st- how long have I been out of the podcast game <clears throat> exactly. how much is Stitcher well, Stitcher is uh, it's a podcatcher that a lot of people use. It's digital radio, and, and it's take with you wherever you go. You can stream on that sort of thing. But we're there on Stitcher. You go over there, and if you use Stitcher, a lot of people use that on their mobile devices uh, for podcast listening. So um, well, I'm check out us, of it. Yeah, check us. I'm out of it for a while, and people get delusions of grandeur. Also, <laughs> um, Geek nice. Out Loud has... Uh, Remember that from Adventures in Babysitting? No, that's from... Um, I, never mind. Return of the Jedi. Um, Joke. We we are now going to be a part of Shot Glass Digital Entertainment. Shot Glass Digital Radio. ShotGlassDigital.com. We are we're going to be there with the. We sold out. Where's my check? Well, we haven't sold out. We've just kind of stuck our name on something with some people. Uh, with things like the Bondcast, Derek. Uh, the Bondcast. Blackhawk Talk. Um, Blackhawk Talk. Yeah, Snide Remarks Radio. Snide Remarks Radio. ADH Divas. ADH Divas? Mm-hmm. And the uh, the flagship show, Rebel Force Radio. Uh, with Jason Swank and Jimmy Mack. So we've been invited to to add our logo and our... Everything stays the same. You'll still find us everywhere you've always found us. We're just now part of this larger thing to try to help uh, you know, get get a little synergy going with some folks. So, 
Synergy. Uh, you can find that all those shows all around. All you. around. <laughs> you can find <laughs> you can find all of those shows at shotglassdigital.com and we're honored and, and thrilled to be a part of what they're doing. Yes, we are. That's awesome. Does this mean I finally get to be on Rebel Force Radio? I don't know. We don't have okay, never we, mind. Can, we can try to make that happen. No, it's fine. It's I wasn't asked. To. Okay. Sorry. Set over here. Oh. In the quiet corner. Oh, easy. I said I've heard in the quiet corner with Carol Spinney. Not quiet enough. Derek, I said it when it didn't get recorded, but I said it when we started talking on Skype. So good to hear your voice. And as always, it's a pleasure to have you. You can interact with Derek on the Twitter. Twitter.com. At WD Russell, right? I'm Ron Burgundy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He went up. Oh, dude. Oh, the Anchorman trailer. The Anchorman trailer, but even... The... <laughs> But the real life Anchorman situation. The what? Tragedy, tragedy, tragedy. The plane crash out in California. Oh, you've the, seen the, names, the video the where yes, oh my gosh, where the news awful. trying to scoop everyone since we have the names of the pilots. Just look for it. It's not a. It's not really appropriate for. That was terrible. That was terrible. It was horrible, and I can't believe it got past anybody in that newsroom. But apparently, people just read what's on the teleprompter. Stupid. Something. How about the Anchorman trailer? Yeah. Oh. Say what? Say what? Oh, everyone! Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. <laughs> oh, uh, one other thing. Gosh, sorry, yeah. sorry. The wrap up's taking so long. A lot of people have asked when when we did our last show from Tupelo. I used a piece of music, and everyone's like, where did you get that? And it's a mashup of John Williams and Hans Zimmer stuff oh. done very well uh, with some drums thrown behind it. It's uh, You can find it at geekremixed.com. Uh, DJ Fatboy Roberts uh, has not remixed. Not affiliated with us. Not affiliated with us at all. Has mixed a, a lot of stuff, and he talks about it. He actually did a podcast where he talked about the origins of, of a lot of the stuff that he put together. Um, I dig it. I dig a lot of the stuff that's on there. So uh, he, he released it as a one-shot, so you can find that free download. Check it out. Let them know you heard about them on Geek Out Loud. And, uh, you know, more synergy. Synergy. We're everywhere. All around. All right. Well, Derek, thanks again for being here. As thanks always. again for letting me be here. Always. always. I'll go back to my cage. Now. There you go. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. We'll see you next time on Geek Out Loud.
it's gonna be that. It's gonna be one of those, buddy. Here we go. Well, hello again, everyone, and welcome to Geek Out I Loud. I wasn't ready. Okay, just say when. Who? No, when, when you're ready to go. I don't get it. Yeah, just let me know when you are ready. We're, we're in it. We're, okay, to win when it. will then be... <laughs> I don't remember how to do this. <laughs> you just I don't I don't know what to do with my hands. You just you just talk when I talk to you. I speak when spoken to. Okay, right, right. That's fine, fine. No, I mean no, don't don't take it so literally. This is gonna <laughs> you just said a precedent. <laughs> <laughs> we call that <laughs> No, no, no. I'm I'm saying there'll no, be no, a no, no, no. There'll, there'll be a moment. You'll know. <laughs> you'll know when to talk and it and it you can interrupt me as you know if you, as no, you see fit spoken to mm -mm. no no we, don't we, do we, uh, uh, i'm begging you with everything that i am don't do that <laughs> when spoken to. whatever it, it takes whatever it takes for you i will to i will that. i will conform no, and i will don't stick to the bit sir rebel. <laughs> don't it's stick to the bit no i got it Good be a good show, everybody. Good show, everybody. Good show. Good show, face. Well, you're welcome to everyone's safe place to geek out, but man. Uh-uh. No, it just got real. Speak with Logan, too. That's the name of the episode. Say all that to say this. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Are we really doing this? Yes. Oh wait, I wasn't spoken to. Okay, I'm ready. No, you don't have to wait till you're spoken to. At all. I'm I'm speaking to you the whole time. It's just me and you, buddy. Derek? Yes. No, okay. It's like seriously, don't do this bit. I'm being serious right now. <clears throat> all right. You should we start now? Derek? Yes. Okay. I, there's no one else here. I'm talking to you. <laughs> what? Don't derail me! <laughs> we haven't even started the Yes, we have. We're like four minutes into it. Cue the music. Void, we're prohibited. <laughs>